0: Welcome to Nimmin Live, the number one place on the internet to learn about YouTube, network with other content creators, and have an awesome time doing it. My name is Nick, and today I'm answering your YouTube questions. So if you have a question about what it is that you are doing on YouTube, there is a form down in the description of this stream right now where you can get your question down there so we can get it answered here on the stream today. I do wanna let you know as we're starting this, we just have a couple of questions in there. So go ahead down into the description, get your question into the form so we can get it answered here on the show today. Now, while you're doing that, I do wanna let you know that today's stream is brought to you by TubeBuddy, which is the number one tool for YouTube content creators. TubeBuddy will help you optimize your videos for discovery, help you test your thumbnails to make sure that they're effective for the people that you are trying to reach and the traffic sources that you are trying to reach as well. They have bulk update tools in case you need to change a bunch of stuff in your description swap out affiliate links you know across all your videos things like that add affiliate disclaimers you know all those things that you learn along the way um tubebuddy will help you in a lot of different aspects of your youtube channel but they got uh, 90 different tools that will that will help you thrive here on youtube so you can check tubebuddy out um, through the link in the description um, or you can go to tubebuddy.com niman and see what tubebuddy can do for you in addition to that We are co-sponsored or co-brought to you by, hey Neil, what's up man? Um, Co-brought to you by StreamYard, which is the streaming platform that I use to live stream this every single Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern. So if this is your first time here, make sure that you swing by every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern. But the reason that I use StreamYard is because they make it super easy for me to live stream. They ensure that the quality that's going out is awesome. In addition to that, they don't require a lot of processing for my computer, which allows me to add all of this, you know, extra hardware and all of that, that can you know, cause some of the uh, stress on the computer. But um, they also run everything in the cloud, which means that if your computer goes down, your internet goes down, you have some type of technical glitch or problem, then StreamYard's gonna hold the stream open until you get back in there. I think it's like 10 minutes is the limit on it. And you can just join in on your phone, keep the whole party moving until your computer comes back on, your your router comes back on or whatever the thing is. But you can also um, try that for yourself at StreamYard.com, but another thing that they do is they also make it really easy to add graphics to your screen, like the ones that I'm showing here on the screen right now. Um, just a you know one click of a button after you load these things in, and then they can you know show up on the screen for you. Um, in addition to that, while we're getting started here, um, I also want to just remind everybody that um, we do have a music service for YouTube content creators. It's called Creator Mix. You can find out more about that at CreatorMix.com. It's free, 100% free for you as a content creator. You can use it in your podcast, you can use it in your videos, you can even stream it in the background. If you just wanna listen to it during a live stream like I do here on this one, or if you're just driving around and you're like, hey, I just wanna listen to some jamming music, then in that case, you can definitely check out Creator Mix on all of your favorite streaming platforms. We're on Apple Music. Amazon music, Spotify, the whole nine. So definitely make sure that you check them out um, or them. Make sure you check us out um, as well uh, with that. And I've also got a bunch of other helpful things for you in the description as well. So make sure that you do check that out when you get the chance to. Now, with all that stuff out of the way, Hope you're doing awesome. Hope you're having a fantastic week so far. Hope that everything you've been working on this week is working out for you so far. Hope that you've had some successful videos go out. Hope you've learned some stuff. Hope you've acquired some new skills over the course of the week. I know, um, you know. For me, I am, uh, you know, super excited to get into the content today and you know start answering your YouTube questions. I'm actually waiting for just a few more questions to show up here in the forum, so I can start kind of cruising through these. So definitely make sure that you, um, you know, get your question into the form if you want it answered here on the stream today. But in the meantime, um, Chantel, nice to see you in here today. Shafi, welcome to the stream. Kevin Hawthorne, nice to uh, see you here in the stream today. Hope that you're doing awesome. Nishan Webb, hope that you're doing great. Jerry, what's up, dude? Hope you're doing fantastic. Nice to see you in here. Um, genealogy with Amy Johnson. Amy, hope that you are doing great. Nice to see you here today. So, what we're gonna do is we're gonna go ahead and just jump right into it. So, we've got the very first question on our list here, is from King CMC TV. And King CMC TV says that they've been on YouTube for one year or more. They do gaming content. The goal of the channel is to support my family and get monetized. The question is. I do live Apex Gaming live streams. I notice most Apex players live stream with the same title every time they go live and upload videos with different titles. My first question is: should I be doing the same? Second, I notice some Apex players live stream with the title do not have anything to do with their stream. For example, my sleep schedule messed up. Why while why do they still get views or clicks without keywords in their title? Is it because of their tags they use? Um, no. So how this all how this all works is YouTube has some information on their channels already, which helps the system understand, you know, uh, gives it a better, you know, direction on who to show the content to when they go live. So, you know, once you pick up some momentum, once you start having an audience, that's where you can use titles like that. But keep in mind, if you are just thinking about, okay, people that are playing Apex Legends, what could I say to them in my title that would make a difference to them, right? That would help them connect because, A title like, you know, my sleep schedule's messed up, even though people, you know, might click on that, especially people that are already into that creator, it doesn't give much context for new people, right? So because of that, what you wanna do is you want to make sure that you are giving some context in your title and um, your thumbnail in terms of what your content's about and you design it all based on who it is that you're trying to reach with your content. So the very first step in that, in your case, is to make sure that you are using some type of imagery related to Apex Legends in your thumbnails and if there are Are very specific things in Apex Legends. I've never played that. I'm not familiar with Apex Legends. But if there are very familiar characters or scenes or something like that that you can make really big in the thumbnail to help you know grab or help show people that it's about that, um, then you would definitely want to leverage that as a way to help new people that haven't experienced your content yet identify that your content is about Apex Legends right there from the thumbnail. So the, the 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 concept here is let's say that you're on your phone right and you're sitting here and you're scrolling through and you're scrolling and you're scrolling and scrolling, then what's going to happen is the thumbnails that stand out to you in terms of, hey, this is something that you know that maybe I'm interested in, those are the things that you're gonna stop and you're either gonna click on directly or you're gonna look at the title and try to get some context about what it's about before you actually click on it. So because of that, you want to make that easy for other people as well. So when they see your content, then it's crystal clear to them that it's about you know Apex Legends in this case. So if you're, you know, wanting to, you know, just have like the community hangout, like we do here for this stream, for example, then in that case, using templates and, you know, things like that, saying, hey, I'm just gonna use the same thumb, you know, um, every time or from time to time, or maybe I'm gonna create a handful of different thumbnails, and I'm just gonna rotate between and whatever. Um, if you do that, you definitely, you know, can take that approach. If you just want your current viewers to come in, maybe you have some stragglers that have never experienced the content before. But if you're trying to use your live streams to grow your channel then in that case, you definitely want to make sure that you are making your content identifiable from the outside so that when new people see it that haven't experienced your content before, then for them, it's like, okay, yep, this is, uh, you know, this is about Apex Legends, I'm in, let me at least read the title and see what this is about. That's the idea. So hopefully that helps. Drost, Herman, man, hope that you're doing fantastic. Nice to see you here, man. I hope to see you at um, at Vid VidSummit here, um, here in a few weeks. We're down to 24 days. Until vid summit, which is pretty awesome. I'm really looking forward to that trip. So when it comes to VidSummit, just in case you guys aren't familiar with this, um, I do have links to VidSummit down in the description of this stream right now. But VidSummit is a conference that's happening for YouTubers. That's happening in LA on September 27th through the 29th. Um, so a lot of you know a lot of content creators are going to be there. A lot of really big and famous content creators are also going to be there, sharing you know their advice on you know things that help them grow and you know the things they focus on and things like that. So um, so you can go in person, or they also have virtual tickets, which means that, you know, if you can't make it out there or something like that, then you can just get the virtual pass and you can still get all the education from it. So definitely check that out. I got a link in the description. So um, let's see here. So the next uh, question that we have here on the list is from, we've got Earth Central. Earth Central does daily content. Um, The type of channel is meteorology and uh, geology. And the goal of the channel is to spread awareness. And the question is how would I be able to run my channel successfully during a recession? This is a, this is a, really good question. So, um, of course, when it comes to a recession, what's going to end up happening as we go like full blown, you know, recession is, um, you know, advertisers are going to pull back, um, sponsorships, you know, they're going to pull back, um, uh, you know, people buying things in terms of you being able to sell, you know, affiliate things from your channel or sell personal products from your channel, um, all of that is going to, you know, end up taking a decline. That doesn't mean that you're not going to be able to sell stuff. It just means that the volume that maybe you can do right now, you might have to come up with another strategy in order to meet that same volume, or you'll, you know, just, you'll just have to kind of weather that storm while you're still making sales, but things are just at a, at a decline. You'll have to, you know, weather that storm through, you know, through what it is that, uh you know, that we are likely to, uh, to be stepping into here. Um, but you know, one thing to also make sure that you're thinking about in terms of, you know, running your channel successfully during a recession. And this one kind of goes without saying, um, I, I I think, but another thing that you want to do is if possible is you also want to make sure if you are somebody that's full-time on YouTube, that if you're thinking like, Hey, I want to buy that like new fancy camera right now or something like that, you might want to hold on to that money. Um, just for the sake of, you know, ensuring that, you know, Hey, we've got, you know, some, some just kind of extra money, you know, in the bag, so to speak, so that I can, you know, make sure that I can take care of what I need to take care of, you know, during, you know, this next few years or however long, you know, the thing ends up, uh, ends up lasting. Oh, Hey, congratulations on the grandchild. That's pretty awesome. Hey, and, um, I don't know if you guys saw or not, but, um, Sean Cannell from Think Media TV, they just had a new baby, um, as well. So just in case they end up, you know, seeing this or whatever, congratulations, um, to you, uh, for that, by the way. So um, let's see here. So as we keep on trucking here through the uh, through the questions, next up we've got. This is number three. And just so you know, in case you're just joining us, we're talking about YouTube, all things related to YouTube and being a YouTube content creator. I have a link down in the description where you can, it's all free, where you can put your questions and then I answer them um, basically in the order that they're received. Later in the stream, um, we'll do lightning rounds where we'll jump into you know the chat you know, later in the stream and just kind of go through a bunch of questions. But if you want to get your question answered quickly, like right now, because we don't have a ton of questions in there is the time to make sure that you get your question um, in the form. So uh the next question that we have here on our list today is from shambits gaming hey md uh, MTGVTV, what's going on hope you're doing great jessica compton hope you're doing great i agree don't forget to like the stream definitely make sure you hit that thumbs up button but um this next one's from shambits gaming um another gaming channel they are uploading for fun and to improve personal brand for a future career in gaming. Thinking long game, I love it. Um, The question is, I have a full-time job, roughly 10 hours a day. How much am I limiting my growth by only uploading once or twice a month? I do focus on quality over quantity and average about 600 subs per video or so. So here's the thing. Like, if we look at it from a, like, this is the situation that you're in and this is, you know, your reality right now. And hey, just really quick, um, I do want to let you know Seismic Shock TV. Um, I'll be answering your question next. Um, So when it comes to um, that limiting your growth, uh, yeah, it is. And the reason that it is is because, when you are uploading less, that's less content for people to consume. That's less clicks for people to make on your content, which then in turn um, is less opportunities that you have for you know people to come on board with what it is that you're doing. So currently, you are getting 600 subscribers per video. If you could, you know, if if that's your average, and if you could, you know, double your upload schedule, and I know you're on 10 hours a day. So I'm just saying, theoretically, if you could figure out how to do it, then what you could do in that case is you could essentially add another 1200 subscribers a month to your monthly subscriber gain, which then would accelerate things for you. Um, So when it comes to, you know, when it comes to just, you know, balancing things out, you know, it can definitely be a struggle, but here's what's most important. I wouldn't worry about it. Like if you have it worked into your life right now to where you're able to create content, even if it's, you know, bi-weekly and you are able to, um, or, you know, even monthly, it'd be better if it was bi-weekly. But if you are, you know, um, if you have it comfortably worked into your lifestyle now, then, you know, keep doing that. But if you do find some pockets to where like, hey, maybe I can take, you know, an extra hour and, you know, work on, you know, an extra hour a day and just work on content to get another, you know, video out or something like that, or just upload some short, Content, so I'm going to do you know one long form video, but I'm going to also just make a you know 30 to 60 second short um, once a week as well, so I can also you know have those out, and that would give me an opportunity to push into new audiences also. And one thing that I do want to mention as well, because I I ha- was having a conversation with somebody on Reddit um, because they called me out, um, they mixed me up in some some stuff that they were saying. So, um, so we were kind of, you know, having a conversation back and forth and I ended up looking at their YouTube channel. And one thing that I saw on their channel was that they were um, basically making shorts that were nothing but advertisements. They were like, hey, on this channel, this is what I'm gonna be doing. They only have like eight videos on their channel, but they were like, you know, hey, this is what I'm gonna be doing on the channel and blah, 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 blah. Don't use shorts that way. Um, Since we're just talking, you know, since the the shorts idea just popped in my mind, so I wanna share this. Don't use shorts in that way. Give people actual content that would be worthy of subscribing, that would be worthy of them wanting to watch more. Don't just use it as an advertising platform to talk about what you're going to do. Like, just give them content. Just give content that's appropriate for the short shelf so that you can actually give them an experience of what it is that you're actually doing. Do not use it as, you know, just, you know, telling people what it is that you might be doing um, in the future. So really quick, um, the first super chat of the day is coming from Seismic Shock TV. They say, uh, my question, what exactly is going on with shorts now? I started posting again because of the new info, had one hit 300 views in the first hour, but it felt um, it was a good short. Deleted, re-uploaded, and then it hit, uh, and then boom, 28,000 in one hour, wow. So um, so that's a huge difference, right? <laughs> 300 views in the first hour to 28,000 in the first hour so um with that i would say in that particular case it's probably timing it could be the specific audience that the system decided to show it to at that point in time but in terms of what's going on with shorts right now it's crazy it seems like it's the wild wild west because when you upload a short um, in some cases, like you're experiencing right here, you have it to where it's like, hey, you know, I, this same exact video is getting 300 views here, but then I take it down, re-upload it again, I got 28,000 views on it. Like, everything about it seems a little bit weird. There's a lot of people complaining right now that have grown entire channels off of YouTube Shorts. There's tons of, of chatter, so to speak, in the community um, about uh, Shorts creators. Talking about them taking a severe hit in their overall traffic, to where every time they used to publish a short, then they would just get you know showered in views, and then now when they upload a short, it's just you know more difficult, and they don't get those similar results. So right now, um, I think. And again, I like with this. Just so you know, I don't have any you know information to support this. I'm just giving you a theory right now, from you know this moment until I stop this moment. Um, so, my idea on why that might be happening and why some of these fluctuations might be going on is because they just recently made a connection between the short shelf and the, the long-form videos in the algorithm. And when things like that happen, the entire system has to adjust to it, right? Um, because now, you know, they're creating these bridges and they're connecting, you know, the short-form content to the long-form content. So when those types of changes are made, then everything has to kind of catch up to that. So my guess is that that is part of what's going on. And in addition to that, um, and this is another one, I don't, I don't know, but this is a, a personal theory. Um, in addition to that, if I had if YouTube was, you know, mine, one thing that I would do is I would say, "Okay, I'm actually going to start showing a lot more of the shorts that lead viewers into longer form viewing experiences so that we can get that much more watch time so that we can show them ads on longer form videos and that sort of thing." Typically, according to YouTube anyway, the ad system is completely separate from YouTube and if a channel's monetized or not is is supposedly not supposed to make a difference, but Like I said, if it was me, I would definitely try to make that connection in terms of like, hey, this video is you know when when people interact with this short, on average, X amount of people click on the channel name or they click into their shorts and they go and they they watch more. So therefore, let's you know continue to show that's you know again personal theory. Now we'll get back into you know the the the, the stuff that's not theory. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so so that's a pretty interesting experience that you are are having though. But you know what you're dealing with right there seems to be a, a common. Thing that's going on right now um, in the world of in the world of shorts, so it's going to be interesting to see how it ends up working out, uh, you know, long term. So, our next question here on the list—make sure we got that one covered. We did. So, the next question that we have here um, is from Show and Tell is the name of the channel. They do daily content. They've been on YouTube for less than a year. It's another gamer. The goal of the channel is to give content. We got a lot of gamers in the house. If you're a gamer, just say me. Um, But the uh, goal of the channel is to give content to people to watch and enjoy. And the question is, is it okay for me to switch from gaming videos to videos about my new kitten videos? So yeah, you can pivot your content if you want to, but keep in mind that if you've already built a channel about gaming, then YouTube is likely to show that kitten content to the wrong people. And in addition to that, you gotta think about, okay, if I start putting up these cat videos, what's the likelihood of these cat folks digging my gaming videos it's gonna be pretty low so because of that it's a better idea to say you know what instead of combining these cat videos into my main channel with my gaming content what i'm going to do is i'm going to create a new channel for the cat stuff and then i'm going to keep my gaming channel separate so that i can put gaming content there and then i can put the cat content you know somewhere else for the sake of just creating a community of cat lovers that will love every video that I publish on that channel, and then creating a community of gamers or people that like to watch gaming content, um, so that every video that I publish on that channel is also a great fit for them. So that would be the approach that I would personally take um, if I was, you know, walking down that uh, if I was walking down that path. So uh, let's see here. So really quick, I fund Chris. Thank super you for chat. the super chat, my man. I appreciate it. Midnight Madness 4 by 4 in the house. What's up, my man? Hope you're doing fantastic, Charlie. So, uh, let's see here. So, next up on the list here, uh, if we hop back into the questions, we've got normal mode TV. Normal Mode TV says they upload when they have time. They've been on YouTube for a year or more. The type of channels, video game reviews and essays. The goal of the channel is to get better for now but eventually go full time. And the question is, I have a million video ideas but all of them are extremely time consuming. Is it better to shoot for a weekly schedule and miss by a few days or should I drop back to bi-weekly for consistency? So when it comes to consistency, um, yes, you have the algorithmic side of it in terms of, you know, you're know you continuing to plug new content into the system, which means that you constantly have new videos that are bringing in new viewers, or at least that your current viewers are interacting with. Um, and that is definitely advantageous. But then you also have the consistency side of, like, how do I work YouTube into what it is that I do every day for the sake of ensuring that I can continue to do this for a long period of time. Because the reason that you wanna think about consistency in that way is if you don't prioritize uploading and you are wanting to go full-time, like you mentioned that you are here, Then, in that particular case, you're gonna have tons of stuff that's gonna pop up that's going to become the priority over making your YouTube videos. And when that happens, then it's going to massively negatively impact your ability to upload because it's not going to be consistently worked into your life schedule, your lifestyle, right? So, because of that, um, I would definitely do what you need to do to make sure that you're consistent. However, with all your video ideas, if they're time consuming, in that case, if you can put out content, even though it's time consuming to create, you also want to make sure that you're getting the results from each upload. That in, in terms of like, hey, I'm, I'm putting two weeks worth of work into each one of these videos, am I getting the results out of this that I think that I should get? If not, then let me kind of dial those back a little bit and try to put in you know another supplemental piece of content um, just for the sake of you know getting out more, but still adding value you know to the people that are interacting with my content. But keep in mind, when it comes to YouTube, you can upload one time per month with a really good piece of content and have a channel that completely thrives. That's normal on YouTube, it's common on YouTube. But the thing that I'm talking about is making sure, more importantly than anything else, that you're consistently doing the thing. When you publish isn't as important as ensuring that you're consistently doing the thing. So in your case, since you say that it's time consuming, that tells me that hey, I'm working on this stuff throughout the week or through over the course of those two weeks or three weeks. You know when I'm you know getting this content ready to publish. In that case, you're in my opinion, you're doing the right thing um, because then you are you know comfortably working it into your lifestyle so that you can ensure that you can continue to do it into the future. And then you know you're making sure that you're publishing just an awesome piece of content based on where it is that you're at and, and you know with you know where it is that you're at in your journey. So because of that, um, my recommendation, if it was me is I would do the consistency thing. I would make sure that I have a schedule that I'm sticking to of some kind. Um, but then within that, if I, if I could find a way, then I would try to you know just add you know, an additional piece of content in there. But if I can't and it's required to, that I have full focus on this content that takes me two weeks to make so that I can make sure that it's the best video that I can make, then in that case, go all in on each one of those videos that you can only publish um, every two weeks. Um, let's see here as we keep cruising through these questions. And really quick, Greg's VR makes a great. Point right here says, remember the best advice for anyone during these streams is to think of every question answered as if it relates to your channel directly. Absolutely. And hey, on that note really quick, because I forgot to mention this earlier, for those of you that are TubeSpanner users, make sure you get your notepads open um, if you haven't already. If you're not familiar with TubeSpanner, it is a all-in-one YouTube productivity tool. um, And part of that is they have a notepad where you can study other videos and you can take notes on those videos. You can study competitors with it and take notes on what it is that they're doing, you know, in their content, things like that. Um, um, but you can find links to TubeSpanner down in the description. Um, and when you take notes during this live stream or when you're watching any other video on YouTube, just so you know, when you come back into the live stream later to, to, to reference something that maybe you remembered, then in that case, you can actually find it right there in your notes as it's sitting right next to the video. You can click on the timestamp and go directly to the point in the video that 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 you know that, that is important to you or that you're trying to uncover. So again, you can try that out at TubeSpanner, um, tubespanner.com. I hit my uh, my my uh, my line grid there to make sure I get everything evened up. When I'm putting the scene together. Okay, so um, next up on our list, did we take care of normal mode already? I think we did. Yeah. Okay. So next up here, we've got um, genealogy with Amy Johnson says. Family history content. The goal of the channel is to get people excited about their family history and grow my business. The question is, I know experimenting is important. Should I be publishing more than once a week in order to do that? I feel like publishing once a week doesn't leave a lot of room for that. So, um, It depends on how fast you can put your content together. Like, I think that, you know, especially with your type of content, I think that publishing weekly would be a good move just because um, it's enough to keep a good, you know, cadence and keep serving your audience with new information. And it keeps you in that process of, you know, just doing the thing, so to speak, so you can just, you know, keep increasingly getting better at it. Um, However, when it comes to the experimentation, um, you can do that on your one time per week videos. It's just when you do that, just be mindful that sometimes experiments work out great, sometimes they don't. So you know when you're publishing a video and you're like, hey, you know, I'm I'm experimenting with what it is that I'm doing in this particular video. You know, just keep in mind when you are publishing less, then in that case, you know, you your data collection is going to come in, you know, a little bit slower based on video performance, of course. Um, but then in addition to that, um, you are you are just giving yourself more chances of putting content out there. So you're practicing more, so to speak. So if you can do it, but I know, you know, like a lot of people when it comes to YouTube, just on the thing, just by itself, getting that one week, you know, one video per week video out is challenging. So, you know, for anybody that is having that type of experience to where it's like, man, it's it's tough just to get out one video a week. I recommend that instead of pushing yourself to try to do another video per week, just, you know, for the sake of experimentation that you just experiment on the content that you're already putting out and that you just focus on getting, you know, really rigid about ensuring that you're getting content out on that weekly basis so that you can have it all worked into your, you know, schedule nice and tight. And it just becomes more of a thing that, that you do on a regular basis, so to speak. Um, so hopefully that helped Amy. Next on our list, uh, retro, the emperor, what's up emperor. Hope you're doing awesome. Smoke date gaming. Hope you're doing awesome. Says, uh, what's good. Everybody hit the like, absolutely hit that like button, smash that like button. Um, so next up we've got the question here is from Retro the Emperor. The goal of the channel says I wanna make some money by sharing my emotions and the question is how to use keywords on songs? Cause I got a big one coming up. Talk about using keywords and tags on normal videos. What's the proper way to use it on a song? Um, if, if you are using keywords in your videos, first understand that you don't have to use keywords. Keywords are essentially a way to help the system easily more easily understand what the video is about and in addition to that keywords also help the viewers that you're trying to reach understand that the content is about something that they that they care about as well so you know for example if you're like hey you know this computer is awesome and you have you know something that you're showing in the thumbnail but it's not crystal clear what it is that's gonna create a different type of click than if you're like this macBook is awesome right because then by having that MacBook in there you're targeting a very specific type of computer user so then it becomes more more clear, the people clicking on it are gonna be more primed for that particular content. And that means that they're going to be more likely to enjoy that content or watch it for a longer period of time, possibly subscribe to the channel and so on. So when you use those keywords, it just kind of helps helps you make sure that you're getting the right clicks on your videos um, and just helps people have more context into what it is that you are doing. So Chad Garber says the keywords possibly backfire and get you less views. Not if you use them correctly, no, not at all. Um, It actually works in the opposite because when you are using keywords, like if you're just optimizing for keywords and you're just optimizing for YouTube search, then in that case you can still get traffic from everywhere else. However, when it comes to YouTube search, that's probably gonna end up being your dominant traffic source because you're optimizing for it. However, if you have keywords in your title, but then you workshop that title in a way that also makes it compelling and interesting for somebody when it shows up in their mobile feed, when they're just sitting there scrolling, then in that case, that keyword is actually helping that person understand that your video is about that thing. Now, of course, one thing that um, also comes into play here is what exactly is happening in your thumbnail because your thumbnail can do tons of heavy lifting. So for example, my MacBook example that I just gave, if the thumbnail is crystal clear, that it's a MacBook computer, you even have like an Apple logo on it or something like that, then in that case, it's clear. And by not having that keyword in the title itself, it's still clear to the potential viewer that you're trying to reach that it's about that type of computer, right? So it, it, it depends on the entire package that you are putting together. But if you're using it correctly, keywords keywords will not send you in the wrong direction. Thanks for the heads up, Doug. I appreciate it. I'm going to grab that right now. Shambits Gaming. Thank you for the super chat. I appreciate it. It says, thanks for the advice. I've been using shorts to plug the content gap. So pleased to hear I'm on the right track. Appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, the cool thing with the shorts is... Like if you can give people, uh, you know, if you can give people good content through the shorts, not only does it help, you know, kind of keep your cadence up and just keep activity going in your channel, but it's also a mechanism that is designed to get you in front of new viewers that haven't experienced your content before. So since they did the algorithm update to where the the people that are interacting with YouTube shorts can now get recommended your long form content, as long as the system detects that they're enjoying your shorts, like it's a, you know, it's a, it's a good thing to do (laughs) in terms of, uh, you know, experimenting with shorts in your channel and seeing how, uh, you know, seeing how your audience and the people that you're trying to reach responds to them. So uh, let's see here. So next up, next up on our list here, we'll go ahead and hit that one, I think next it is. Question. We've got uh, Sean's Reptile Adventures. Says they do eduta- edutainment content. The goal of the channel says that they're wanting to share more with the world my passion of reptiles and hopefully change the way people see and react to these amazing creatures. So hey, I got some got some interesting news for you here. So I, I live in Thailand, and uh, we have these little geckos. And you know how some people, you know, they'll get like ants in their homes or, you know, they'll get like spiders or like whatever the thing is like, we'll get that stuff too. But uh, we have uh, geckos that run around uh, and, you know, they'll be all over the place. We'll give them names and stuff when we, when we run into them, you'll hear them. You'll hear them, you know, do their little uh, thing, but it's uh, it's interesting, and and I'm surprised actually. Maybe they have, and nobody's noticed or whatever. But every now and then, you'll see one just kind of like running across somewhere or whatever. But they're great for keeping out like insects and things like that because you know that's what they feed on. Um, but anyway, like we we kind of look at them as like their buddies. <laughs> and when, when the uh, when the geckos are, you know, like when we see one instead of trying to get it out or whatever, we're like, hey, you're keeping you know you're keeping all the you know all the little bugs out, so you know so that's a that's a win. But anyway, um, the question here is the long form content upload schedule doesn't exist. As my recording will depend on when I get called to relocate a snake, which can be up to a week apart. Would I be better off making shorts for in between the long form uploads or try to come up with other channel topic related ideas to create more consistent long form upload schedule? I would definitely try to come up with other ideas. So just a brainstorm on this. Hey, John Paul, what's up, man? Hope you're doing great. So um, Daniel Batal also in the house what's up my man hope you're doing great he says no gecko can keep me out see claiming it right that's a that's a war cry right there against the geckos i'm going to bring i'm going to bring some with me to 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 la hey leela hope you're doing great as well nice to see you in the chat today so just just a a a few shout outs here i just want to give really quick um since you know since since people are here so um just so you guys know, my brother D, um, who is in the chat right now, um, he just put out a video yesterday actually talking about how to leverage you know, some new shorts features that I talked about in the news segment yesterday. So make sure you check out his channel. Um, Daniel Batal, who's also in the chat today, he's got a little wrench next to his name. Um, he also makes content that helps YouTube content creators. So if you're not familiar with him yet, definitely check him out as well. Um, Chantel Hills, I'm not sure if this account is her live streaming account or not, but she actually makes content that helps live streamers. So if you're into that, definitely check out her account as well um, Leela if you are somebody that uses Adobe Premiere if you're not subscribed to Leela's channel you're doing yourself a disservice make sure that if you if you watch any type of editing tutorials if you're trying to get better at Adobe Premiere, watch her content she does she does a fantastic job with um, with what it is that she's doing so I just want to kind of give those shout outs really quick just so you know just so that you guys know like hey there's some really you know some really you know awesome content creators in here that can help you with what it is that you're that you're doing um, as part of your you know content creation processes so next up on our list here did I answer the question for this one okay sure oh yeah so really quick I just want to I just want to brainstorm just for just for a moment right so, and Herman Drost also, he was in here earlier. He also makes YouTube uh, help content also. But um, um, just for a second, just to brainstorm on the problem with the snakes and you know how you're doing the thing, you know weeks apart. So I'm not sure in terms of the whole premise of your YouTube channel and exactly what it is that you're doing. But you know one thing to consider when you are, um, you know, considering you know the the videos that you're going to be putting out is if you have like if you go and like catch snakes and things like that, then you can also put together lists to where you break down specific snakes. Use like you know B-roll footage or other footage that you have. <laughs> excuse me, or other footage that you have of jobs that you've already done, so to speak. And when you go and you do these jobs, try to get as much footage as you can so you can use it for this type of purpose. But what you wanna do is when you are, um, you know, kind of in that in between spot where you haven't been called for a job or anything like that. One of the things that you can do is you can say, you know, like, hey, I'm going to give like a full breakdown on this particular snake. Talk about, you know, if it's dangerous or not. Talk about the common places people find them. Talk about what usually attracts them. Talk about the regions of the world or the area that they happen to be more prominent. Things like that. That might be a content idea. And and try to explore just different types of things like that that you can do. In addition to that, if your main thing is talking about about reptiles and snakes, then you can also talk about like, Hey, these are, you know, these are snakes that you might see in these particular areas that may or may not be dangerous. So you can do like a list of dangerous snakes for one video, a list of snakes that look dangerous, but really aren't for another video, things like that, to try to come up with some type of supplemental content to just ensure that you can, you know, have just a, a consistent cadence. If you end up getting, you know, work around the, 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 the content or not. So uh, let's see here. So next up on our list here, um, we've got iFunChris. Chris says that they do entertainment content. The goal of the channel is to get the community tab. And the question is, this week I got 4,000 views, count and up. Congratulations to you. High five and fist bump. You are, you are taking steps in the right direction. Congratulations to you for hitting the, uh, that milestone. Blackstar Watchtower. Welcome to the Nemanati. Make sure next time you get the chance, you go to nimminvip.com. It's on the bottom of the screen here, um, right there. Um, that's going to redirect you to our members-only Facebook group. Make sure you fill out all the information on the way in, um, and that is how we will verify that you are a member. If you can do that for the stream today, before it's complete, um, then I can get you in there before, or I'm sorry, after this stream uh, is complete. Ron's trains and things. What's up, my man? Hope that you're doing awesome. Shark Scrapper, thank you for the super, super chat. Trapped. Super appreciated. There says, hey, a little thank you for the ticket, Nick. I know it's not um, required, but I've learned so much from you already, and I know that I'll learn a ton at Vid Summit. Thanks to you and Daryl, I wanted to show my appreciation. Thank you so much for that. Super appreciated. You know, like you mentioned, definitely not you know not required or anything, but but super appreciate that, man. Thank you, thank you so much for um, for for your kindness there. I appreciate it. So our next question here is from Nishan Webb. Nishan Webb, they do bi-weekly content. They've been on YouTube for a year or more. They make tech and lifestyle. Travis MCP in the house, MVP in our world. Hope that you're doing awesome, my man. He's actually the uh, the one that's made the uh, chill mode, the super chat stuff that you hear all the time. That is, um, that is his voice there. What's up, dude? Hope you're doing great. And uh, really quick. <laughs> Welcome to the Nimminati. That one's his too, by the way. That is his voiceover too. Scratch cards with Scotty. Same thing for you go to nimminvip.com. That's the members only Facebook group. Um if it's putting it right back here on the screen for you again. If you can get that um, filled out before the stream is over today, then I will get you in there as soon as the stream is complete. All right. Next up here on our list, we've got Classic Quarter Game Super Chat. Thank you for the Super Chat. It says, "Hey Nick on my other channel. I'm trying to do a dinosaur in space project. Any suggestions, Nick, that I might add for it? Dinosaurs in space, really? I, I wish that I could give you a suggestion there, but I'm, I don't have enough context in terms of, you know, what it's about. So, um, you know, you're if it's a dinosaurs in space project, I'm not really sure, you know, I'm not really sure what, you know, the, the actual context of exactly what it is that you are going to be doing in the content to even make a suggestion. Um, the only thing that I would recommend is just try to get, you know, the coolest looking footage that you possibly can. Try to keep a good, you know, cadence with the actual video. Watch some of Lila's content, you know, to actually, uh, you know, to where you can make sure that you're editing it together, you know, the right ways and, um, and all of that stuff as well. Hey Lila, these are not Nanlite tubes um, or Amaron tubes. These are actually Phillips Hue lights back here. And um, with these Phillips Hue lights, I took these these fixtures that are supposed to be used in ceilings and I gutted them because they come with LEDs, but I gutted them and then I put Hue lights in there so I can change the colors and all that stuff. But I do, if you look at the, uh, let's see here. If you look at the glow that's hitting the play button right back over here by the play button in the stream yard pillow it's got the orange glow on it that is a little uh godex tube or go however it is that you say it and then if you look back here um there's another one that's behind the broken on air sign uh don't get that on air sign on amazon by the way um they make much better ones i got that one it's a bluetooth one and it doesn't hold a charge and then it has to completely die before you can recharge it again it's, it's just a nightmare so don't get that but anyway um, I have a broken on air sign back there that I'm gonna be hacking together to make it work with some Hue lights too. But um, but there's a little glow behind that one that's also a godex, uh, a godex tube. So uh, let's see here. So next up, Nishan Webb, okay, yep. Says, um, is it possible to use the camera Rode mic instead of the default computer mic in OBS while the camera is being used as a source? So um, when it comes to having your camera mic connected to, or your mic connected to your camera and then using that microphone inside of OBS, as long as it's coming, as long as that signal is coming through HDMI, then in that case, you should be able to pick it up. Um, if not, I know Rode does make, um, I actually just picked it up. Um, they have, cause I'm, I'm I'm getting my kit together from when I travel to VidSummit and um, Rode makes this audio interface. It's literally, Like it's like half of the size of this remote control and you can plug in the Rode NTG into it um, and other, you know, other microphones as well, as long as it doesn't require phantom power, you can plug them uh, into it and then it'll pick up like normal. And you can just plug that directly into a USB-C or a USB or even your phone um, in order to use it as an audio interface. And um, by doing that, you would be able to get it in there. I think that the the, the whole device was maybe like sixty bucks or something like that. But um, but one of the things that um, that you can use that for is they have software. So Rode has software that you install with this, and then you actually like when you're selecting your audio sources, then you can select that particular interface as your audio source once you have that Rode software installed. So you might, yeah, Rode AI Micro, that's it. Thank you, Mr. Camera Junkie. No wonder they call you Mr. Camera Junkie, right? <laughs> He's like, hey, I got this one, Rode AI Micro. But um, but it's called the Rode AI Micro, and it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. I was experimenting with it yesterday, and um, the audio quality that comes out of that particular combo with that um, little device plus the uh, Rode Mic NTG, um, it actually comes out out. Yeah, it actually comes out sounding pretty uh pretty pretty nice. 86 street project. Thanks for super chat. I appreciate it. it. Says thanks for everything man. 70 subs and stagnant to t- stagnant. Today I'm up to 407, um consulting with an actor about being a line cook. Couldn't do it without you. Congratulations on that. Um moving along. So the fact that you're stagnant, that's not a positive thing though. So I would definitely start, you know, doing some experimentation. Like with everybody here, if there's anybody here to where you just stagnate, right? Like you're uploading on a regular basis, things are going all right and then everything just starts kind of falling apart on you. Or just kinds of, you know, stagnates out. Um, Um, the best thing you can do is start experimenting because what that means is some of the video ideas that you're coming up with um, are, you know, maybe they're just not hitting the mark, so to speak. Uh, Maybe the way that you're putting your videos together is just not hitting the mark, so to speak, anymore. So because of that, when you start experimenting, it it helps you, even though through experimentation, you'll have a lot of experiments that fail, you will uncover things that will help your channel grow. Um, and, and, you know, also talk with other content creators too. You know, this is one of the cool things about our, our membership group and everybody's, you know, membership groups around like YouTube help content is, you know, just people being able to brainstorm with other creators and things like that. But, you know, for example, like uh, Drew Project, I think it was last Saturday, um, or no, it was, it was just it was Friday, I think. Yeah, it was Friday. Um, we, um, after our members call, um, he and I were just chatting back and forth on Twitter. And just through that chat, you know, we were just kind of brainstorming on some ideas, you know, for him that he could come up with um, to, you know, try to move the needle a little bit more um, as well. So, you know, um, definitely experiment a lot, try to come up with ideas, try to look for, you know, different themes and different things that people are doing in niches outside of yours, see if you can apply any of that to what it is that you're doing, Um, you know, that's definitely, uh, you know, ways that you can find your way out of the rut. Brian G. Johnson in the house. What is up, dude? Hope that you are doing fantastic. Nice to see you in here today. And, um, you know, like I was saying on the shout out side before, Brian G., for those for those of you that um, are not familiar with Brian, he also makes YouTube um, help related content. So, you know, he also adds a really awesome perspective into the YouTube help space. So, you know, he's another person that you can follow um, or subscribe to, to to help you along your content creator journey. So uh, let's see, so next up we've got Uh, Let's see, God-Centered Weight Loss is the name of the channel. They do not have a channel yet, they're getting ready to start it. The type of channel is Health, Weight Loss, and Spiritual Education for Christian Women. And the goal of the channel is to use YouTube to drive traffic to my business and paid offers. And the question is, if you were just launching a brand new channel, not having published one video, what kind of publish strategy would you recommend to quickly train the algorithm to find your niche audience and service your videos to them for fast growth from the very start? First thing that I would do is I would make a series of videos. As soon as I started publishing the channel, I'd publish two or three videos to the channel so that people can watch more than one piece of content You know, when they come in on that first video. Second thing that I would do is I would make sure that I was being very intentional about who I was targeting with the content. And in order to do that, I would use what I call audience identifiers. And those audience identifiers are very specific words that you put in your either your thumbnail or your title to help the right viewer click on what it is that you're doing. So in that particular situation, if you do optimize around that concept, that's one to where you can get less views, but the people, I mean, in some cases, I mean, in some cases, it works out great for you too, but it can be like less views initially to ensure that you get in front of the right people or only the right people are clicking on it. So that once YouTube detects that those right people are clicking on it and that they're enjoying the content, that it's going to more quickly show you to the right people because it's only the right people that are clicking on it, right? So then your goal from that point is to, once you get them clicking on it, just start paying really close attention to your audience retention report so you can ensure that you're giving them a quality experience. Make sure that you're, you know, inviting them to subscribe, you know, those sorts of things as well so that you can make sure that you are, you know, serving them in the best way possible so that YouTube can detect it so that YouTube will show you to more people like them. That's the whole idea. So in your case, what you want to do is in every title that you write, at least put four women in there somewhere. And then right out of the gate, when you put that in your title and or your thumbnail, then what's going to happen? I would do, you know, like whatever the topic is, like, you know, since you're on like health and weight loss, um, you know, uh, you know, the, you know, the perfect weight loss diet for women. Right. So then that way you are right out of the gate you're limiting the amount of men that are going to be clicking on your content right that's the idea um, so on the Christian side it's going to be a little bit more challenging and you're gonna have to you know try to think of how you can work that in there somewhere maybe in the thumbnail or title or just express that through your content so you don't limit you know what it is that you're doing um, but when it comes to um, you know that that audience identifier by putting that four women in there right out of the gate you're gonna be you know Cutting, You're you're going to be helping train the system faster on who the right people are for your content, because right out of the gate, that's going to immediately be something that, you know, the guys aren't going to be clicking on as much, depending on your thumbnails, of course. If the thumbnails are provocative, we're just going to call it what it is. If the thumbnails are provocative, then you might have, you know, some some guys clicking on it from that point. But by making sure that you're putting that for women in there, then you're going to increase the women that are clicking on it. Um, let's see here. trader in thanks for the super chat says I've started trading, um, a trading related channel, any advice? Um, so by trading, if you mean like stock trading, um, then in that case, I would just make sure that you're staying on top of all the trends that everybody else is. Um, you know, right now, you know, I'd be talking about the recessions. I would be talking about, um, I'd be talking about recessions. I'd be talking about crypto. Yes or no. I'd be talking about stocks. Yes or no. I'd be talking about, you know, that whole, that whole thing. Um, and I would also look at, you know, the content that Graham Stephan is putting out that's doing well. Um, I would look at the content that other people that talk about those types of things, um, are putting out so that you can just get an idea of what it is that people are responding to at a higher rate. Cause it proves popularity for those things. Um, let's see here. So next up, um, we got E Dean Cole. Dean Cole says, I have a channel with 38,000 subscribers, business development and lifestyle vlogging, but I haven't posted in eight months. How to bring my channel back from the dead and start growing again, start publishing again, start publishing again, make sure that you're putting, you know, as much effort and care into your videos that you did when you got 38,000 subscribers from it. Um, make sure that you are being very intentional about everything it is, you know, when you're putting your content together, when it comes to the video ideas that you're putting together. But, The more important thing that you should do, or I won't say more important, the other thing that you should do is right now, since you have... 38,000 subscribers, I'm going to assume that over the course of eight months that since you have an archive of content that helped you generate that 38,000 subscribers, that you probably still had more people that were coming in and interacting with your content. If that's the case, then what you wanna do is you wanna go into your YouTube analytics. Um, Once you click into your YouTube analytics, you can scroll down the page, and at the bottom of the page, you're going to see, just that this is just on that immediate dashboard, on that first page you come to, you're going to see the videos that are bringing in the most traffic to your YouTube channel. So what you wanna do is you wanna look at those and you wanna think about the video that you could make next or the videos that you could make next that would be complimentary or that would just be of value to the people that are watching those very specific videos based on the topics of those videos. So for example, if you go in and you notice like, hey, out of my you know, top 20 videos that are bringing in the most traffic, five of them in the top spots are about X, Y, Z. So because of that, these next videos that I should publish should be something that would be in alignment for those people that are just recently interacting with my channel and this content that's bringing in the most viewers to my channel, these next videos that I publish should be something that that those particular viewers would be likely to respond to topically right? That's the idea. So you just use that information as a way to, or you use the, your analytics in that way, in terms of that particular list, as a way to ensure that you're putting out content that's relevant to the people that are recently interacting with your, with your content. Hopefully that helped. And then from there, just, you know, get on the grind again, you know, start being consistent, start, you know, start doing the whole thing again, But um, but use that information as a way to just ensure that you're putting out the right content initially to bring them back in uh let's see here so next up on our list here i think that has those up to date just on a quick scroll oh science-based fitness Super says hey nick do chapters lead to more impressions or recommendations so it can lead to more traffic the way that it can lead to more traffic is google will index um, chapters so if if your chapter ends up showing as like a clip somewhere or it ends up as a chaptered list then people can click in directly to that chapter when that happens you'll see spikes you know in 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 your audience retention at those moments in your chapters so you can identify you know exactly where uh, or exactly which entry point they're coming in at but um but with chapters they help you they help you in that regard in terms of you know tapping into those external search engines, so because of that, you want to make sure that you are um, optimizing your chapters. So instead of when you're writing your chapters, instead of writing part one, part two, part three, or tip one, tip two, tip three, or you know whatever thing it is that you're putting together. In that case, what you want to do is you want to be very specific about what it is that's going in there and you want to think about, okay, somebody was looking for this on Google and you can just go to Google and start typing in in their auto or start typing in their search bar and they're going to show you how people are looking for each section or each chapter of your video. So you go up there, see exactly how people are looking for it, take that, and then, you know, put it down there, but do it in a way that makes sense. You don't want to just, you know, have a bunch of keyword phrases per se, but you do want to uh, make sure that you are optimizing each individual. Chapter so that you're giving yourself the best opportunity to capitalize on that external traffic as well. See here, one step member for six months says basically my creator mix is free. Um, It's good to be free, fire! Thanks for all that you do, one hundred percent. My pleasure. Glad that you're enjoying it, and um, I'm going to speak on behalf of D and myself, even though D never gave me permission to do that, and just say like super glad that you're enjoying the music over there. Glad that you know that you're that you're digging the um, the tracks. D puts tons of work into you know the music that um, that happens over there, and you know building the site and all that stuff. So getting that type of feedback is um, is really valuable. So thank you for. For, um, for sharing that um, let's see here so next up on our list and we're on 34 are we on third? oh no, no 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 we're on 12 okay so so we got Maddie and Kiki um, is the next one here on the list and uh, they have a barbecue recipes they review um, so it's a barbecue channel And basically they do barbecue recipes, review new grills and produce barbecue live streams. The goal of the channel is to help understand the art of outdoor cookery. And the question is, we're launching a new series where people from around the world take us on tours of their outdoor kitchens and we react to them called barbecue happy places. We love thumbnail design and our other style videos but are stumped as to what to include in the thumbnail for this series, pictures of the kitchens. Um, Do we include the people in their barbecue place? Kitchens, right? If the whole, if the whole content is featured on the actual, you know, tour of the outdoor kitchen, then the kitchens, um, you might want to, if you're not familiar with Photoshop already, you might want, I think Brian G's watching this on the delay. Cause he just dropped in a, Hey, a dude. Yeah. I think he's watching this on the delay. Brian, if you're still watching this by the time it gets to this point point, hit the little live thing, to scoot up towards the, <laughs> scoot up towards the, uh, scoot up towards the front. So, um, um the, let me let me continue reading your question just to, just to make sure I, I have full context here it says do we include the people and their happy barbecue place should we should we be in the thumbnail should the location on the map be included because these people are located all over the world please help we're drawing a complete blank on the thumbnails thank you your Canadian barbecue sisters so yeah so what I would do is I would definitely make sure that you are featuring the kitchen. Um, if there are very specific things in the kitchen that are unique or something like that, or would be of some type of interest to somebody that's interested in barbecue and seeing these types of things, then in that case, I would definitely try to highlight that specific thing. So maybe it's a full kind of close-up shot because you gotta make sure you're considering suggested videos here. You wanna make sure that the shot that you're getting or the, the, the image that you're getting for your thumbnail, that it's still going to be legible or that they're still going to be able to identify it as a kitchen um, when it's at a smaller size. But if somebody has something unique, um, then in that case, just take like an arrow and point to it and just kind of use that as some of the context that you're you know, going to be putting for the actual title of the video as well. Um, that would be the approach that uh, that I would take. But just so you know, like barbecue channels, they, they can do great. So um, uh, I worked with a barbecue channel. Um, I took him from uh, a little bit under 10,000 subscribers to over hundred K. Um, now he's, he's pushing somewhere around like 300 K. Um, but, uh, but that type of content, like once you get in front of the audience that responds well to that, um, you can grow them, you know, relatively fast. Um, there's a lot of things that he's doing wrong now. Um, but you know, at that point in time, like you can really get those things accelerating fast. Um, I actually worked with another one too, who's also recently crossed a hundred thousand, but, um, um, with that particular one, he was going in the right direction, but he ended up just like, stopping YouTube because he was doing it as a part of his business and he was opening up more stores and things like that because everything was going awesome and um, and because of that YouTube ended up taking the back seat um, but the other one Um, the one that's now over, you know, like uh, 300, Um, in his case, he actually leveraged his channel to open up like, you know, lots of locations and he started selling, uh, well, started selling more of, you know, his products that he offers and things like that to the tune of generating like millions of dollars in sales directly from his YouTube channel. So what it is that you are messing with here in terms of your barbecue content, um, you can really do some awesome, you know, things with that and get some really great results. So just pay attention to what it is that people are responding to, what what it is that they are not responding to And what I mean by that is this experiment that you're running with this new uh, pillar of content where you're going in these tours, make sure that as you're putting this together, make sure that you are, you know, that people are responding to it. Because even though it's like an idea that you have, just make sure that, you know, as you go through like 10 videos, just make sure that you are comparing that against some of your other content so you can get using the grouping feature so that you can just get an idea of how people are, uh, how people are responding to it. Uh, next up really quick by lady free. Thank you for the super chat says, Hey, Nick, I love your content. It's so informative. Thank you for that. Thank you for the kind words. I just started a mukbang channel three months ago and I just hit a thousand subscribers. Can I get a review? I can give you a hand clap for the uh, 1,000 subscribers. High five and fist bump to you for crossing that. Um, but we actually don't do reviews here on the live stream. So we used to do that. Um, but now we actually do that in our channel members live streams. Um, instead of doing them, uh, instead of doing them here. And and for those too, it's like a it's like a surface level review. So what that means, it's like a first impression thing. Like, okay, I look at the channels and then I'm like, okay, these are things that, you know, you need to fix. You got to work on your thumbnails. These are, you know, some ideas for, you, for your for titles, you know, things like that. We look at the videos and, and we say, hey, you're going this wrong, you need to do this, you need to add more personality, you know, whatever the thing is. Um, and when it comes to like a deep dive review, in that particular case, that's where somebody actually, you know, opens up your YouTube channel, they look at your analytics, you know, all of that stuff, and then they give you, you know, advice based on all of that information for that. Um, if Daniel Batal is still in here, I, I recommend that you reach out to him. Um, Roberto Blake is also a good source for that. Daryl Eves is a good resource for that. Um, Tim over at Video Creators is a good resource for that. Um, Nate over at Channel Makers does that. Um, I think I think Ed at Film Booth does those as well. Um, uh, but yeah, I think Brian G might also do those. But there's, uh, you know, like you can definitely find those solutions too. You'll, you'll get the most value um, if somebody can actually go into your analytics, but you can get a ton of value just from people looking at it from the outside outside as well. And, you know, identifying, you know, holes, so to speak, and what it is that you're doing. So next up, we got Savage Skillets. Love that channel name. Says that they do cooking and lifestyle content. Um, the goal of the channel is to monetize in an effort to become a travel channel. And the question is, are shorts a good idea for episode commercials? No. Um, I mentioned this at the very beginning of the stream. Um, and what I mentioned is that your YouTube shorts if you want them to perform well and get in front of more people, they should be actual content that's appropriate for the short shelf. It shouldn't be an advertisement. The reason for that is people are in the short shelf looking for content to watch. They're not there wanting to see videos about, you know, what it is that you might have coming in the future, you know, or, Hey, you know, here's an ad for my channel, anything like that. They want content. So give them content and use the content, the really good content that you're making for the short, let that by itself advertise the channel, right? So make the content for it. Don't just use it as an advertising platform, so to speak. Eating cold. thank you for the super chat there, the uh, additional super chat, um, I appreciate it. it so this follow-up question, what are your thoughts on um, if running an ad to existing subs like why quit YouTube, I can get the PPC at one cent, will that help or hurt and why? Okay, when it comes to YouTube advertising, the problem there Um, especially in your case, like you already have an established channel. Like all you have to do is is just start the motor again in terms of like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm just publishing content again. The problem with YouTube advertising is um, in a lot of cases, once you start paying to play, um, it can actually negatively impact the channel um, just in terms of how it gets treated. But in addition to that, um, when you are paying ads, you're essentially forcing your content in front of people. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they'll respond to it organically when it shows up On their homepage. So, in your case, you know, you've grown 34,000 subscribers. So, you know how to get people to click. You know how to make content that people respond to positively. So, because of that, like, you know, you know how to do the right thing. So, if you did run ads, there's a very strong likelihood that you would also be able to get them to click from the homepage as well. But, in my opinion, I think that your um, efforts would be better spent instead of trying to run an ad campaign that could possibly work against you, especially if you target it wrong. Um, If you have a Um, a series of shorts that you do, that would probably be a better approach instead of running like YouTube advertising. So making like a handful of shorts, so then that way it's pushing you into new audiences there while you're also uploading long form content so that your current subscriber base, plus new people, because new people see it too, um, they will see that longer form content. And then when it comes to the shorter form content that's pushing you into new people to where with the new algorithm update will help Bridge them over into your long-form content as well, which you already know how to get them to click on. So, um, so that would be the approach that I would take instead of um, instead of running ads for it. Um, let's see here. Fit Dad Chris says, "How far into our memberships are we able to get a review update?" Thanks for all you do. You're the man. I appreciate the kind words, Chris. Um, so yeah, all you got to do is just re-add it to the list. So it's it's all good, man. Like you uh, you've been in here for quite some time. So yeah, if you if you want another one, just add it back into the list. It is all good. Lauretio, what is going on? Hope you're doing awesome today so uh let's see here next up on our list we've got karen badrick equestrian says that they do daily content it's equestrian uh, an equestrian channel the goal of the channel is helping people learn about horses documenting my journey and the question is my shorts used to take off quite quickly but now since the latest update i'm not getting many views on my shorts what am i doing wrong what i need to do to get views again thank you yeah so i i mentioned this um actually earlier in the stream as well that this is a really common thing that's going on right now. So YouTube did the update like that you mentioned here in your comment and because of that update a lot of people like I have have a channel I haven't uploaded to in six years but I'm in there sampling out shorts and I have shorts going out there on some days multiple shorts per day Um, and then I also have daily shorts going out on that channel just from stuff that I'm sampling from the content that's already there. So what happened when they added not just the link between, you know, the short form and the long form content, which kind of was the motivation for people to do it. But in addition to that, they have the, the feature where you can just start sampling from your own videos and creating shorts out of it. So you don't have to make anything new. You can just sample, you know, the, that shorts content. And because of that, the system's just getting flooded with people like myself that are, uh, that are, you know, just using some of the old content on their channel to make new content, essentially for the short shelf to introduce them to new people. So because of that, what's happened is your competition when they first introduced shorts is down here, right? Cause nobody was doing it. You know, just people that maybe are, were repurposing their vertical content from other platforms, you know, just the short versions of it. They were able to, you know, get in on it early. And then the people that were making the content for it, were also able to get in on it early. And then people started seeing like, oh, hey, some of these channels are blowing up, I'm going to start a shorts channel. And then people started doing that. So then you started getting even more competition. And then now with some of these changes, and then people like myself spreading awareness about these changes. Um, now, you know, the competition is, is, you know, starting to get pretty fierce in shorts. And because of that, now it's going to become more competitive, which means the content that you're putting out there, it's got to be Appropriate for the short shelf in order for you to be able to fully capitalize on it. So I'm not sure what you were doing before on the shorts, but what you need to do now is you need to think about, okay, as soon as this starts, how is it going to grab somebody's attention Um, for this particular short? How exactly am I going to put it together to pull people through it? Is there a way that I can cause a loop? of some kind to where once they get to the end of it, then they start watching, you know, a part of it again until they realize, oh, hey, you know, I'm, you know, I'm looping this. So one thing as a, just a quick thing, a quick rant that I want to say real quick. One thing that I don't like about all of these shorter form platforms, and it seems to be just the thing with the verticals, Instagram stops it and high five to Instagram for doing this. So what Instagram does is when you get to the end of a reel, then it will just say, click the button to watch again, um, or you slide up and you go to another reel. Whereas on TikTok and on YouTube, it's, it's almost like the systems are encouraging content creators to mislead their viewers right like it works you know people are loving them people are loving that you know that type of content but but it, it it's just weird to me that these platforms that all you know that that all of them um that they are uh that they are you know that they are rewarding content creators for misleading their users by causing their users to loop videos yeah it's just it's just interesting to me i'm not sure why i'm not sure i mean i, mean, I know why they do it but it, it's just interesting to me that that's like that you know that it's okay uh let's see here so next up we've got elite barbecue smokers we've got another barbecue channel in the house it says they do how-to cooking content the goal of the channel is to share a passion about grilling and cooking and the question is i make grilling and barbecue videos i also do live stream interviews and talk about barbecue should i move the live streams to a separate channel after i end the live Not necessarily, if people are enjoying it, then Leave it on your channel. Um, I know these, even though they don't get crushed with views. Um, once these are finished, I leave them on the channel. I did some experiments um, not too long ago. I do this, you know, on on occasion to where I'll unlist them for a period of time, and then as long as I don't see anything, you know, weird happening compared to when I don't unlist them in terms of the channel performance, then you know I'll start making them public again. And um, uh, with these, I leave them up because it's still valuable information to the people that interact with them. So even though they might not get the views that a video would. Um, um, these are still, you know, people still find value in these. So because of that, um, I leave them up on this channel. And then I also um, have these put up as a podcast. So you can also listen to and Live as a podcast as well. So you can find that on your favorite, you know, podcast platform. And if you listen to it on a podcast, by the way, if you're listening to this right now on a podcast, make sure that you give it a review. That would be, that would be a super solid that you can give me there with that Um, and say something nice, you know, give me five stars and all that. however that works in the podcast world. But, um, but basically when you are putting the content out, if people are enjoying it, then, you know, then, then they'll enjoy it, you know, on the replay too. But what you can do, if you're trying to use the live streams as a method to grow your channel, is just structure it that way. So for example, um, the new segment that I put out recently—that's structured for the sake of, you know, growing the channel. So because of that, you know, it's just a short piece of content. I start it, go through the content, and then when the content's done, I end it, and then we and then we continue on. Whereas this. Um, It's not structured for actual channel growth. This is structured for the nurturing of the community to where I can add this direct value through answering the questions, right? So because of that, if this doesn't get as many views as the other stuff, it's perfectly fine with me because the purpose of this content isn't to, you know, to get, you know, 50,000 views on it. The purpose of this is to, you know, to, to nurture the community, so to speak, and add the value through, you know, answering the questions and helping demystify some of this stuff. So if your live streams have a specific purpose like that, then, you know, leave them up but one of the things that you can do is structure the live stream to make it better for the replay so what that looks like is don't use countdown timers so when the stream starts just get right into it Um, if you have a countdown or not a countdown if you have a shout out session then in that case make sure that you are front loading that shout out session to where you have it towards the beginning of your stream so that you can create a cut point in your video and to create that cut point all you simply do is you say hey if you're just joining us and then pause just just for a second say if you're just joining us today we're talking about blah 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 and then when you do that after your stream is complete keep in mind that you're going to lose the replay on this but it'll feel more like a video anyway so it's fine so you're going to lose the the not the replay but the the chat is what you're going to lose when you go and you edit it out but then you go into the youtube editor you look for that cut point and right where you say hey if you're just joining us and you have that pause you look for that pause that's where you make your cut And then when you make that cut and you save it, then what's going to happen is the people that are coming into that on the replay, when they come in, their experience isn't going to be, hey, magic flying potato, what's going on? Hope you're doing great. SAMSUS419, hope you're doing fantastic. Um, Chantel, hope you're doing great today. Drew Project, what's up? Hope you're doing awesome. They're not gonna see all that. What they're going to see is, today we're talking about blah, 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 right? So if you structure it right so that you can you know cut it in the right way, then it can help make it more appropriate for, um, for the replay experience. Tube Spanner in the house, super Danielle, chat. thank you for the super chat. I appreciate it. It says, what does a YouTuber always take on a fishing trip? A clickbait." Nice. Do you have like a book of these YouTuber jokes? They used to be just like good old fashioned, like coffee table jokes. Now she's coming at them with uh, YouTube specific, uh, YouTube specific jokes. <laughs> so you got to make a book for these at least, uh, if you're not going to do the uh, other coffee table ones. So uh, next up. We've got um, Our Extraordinary Life um, is the name of the channel. The type of channel is entertainment and vlogging. The goal of the channel is to bring extra income for my family. And the question is, Shorts Now can recommend longer content. Should I make shorts for my older videos or should I start fresh and just focus on the newer videos? You can make them for older videos as well. But what YouTube mentioned in the release of that information was that it was going to help them show newer content. So because of that, you you can definitely take some content from your older shorts. But when you do that, then it's going to help them show more of your newer content when you, um, when you publish your newer content. And I, and I don't know, just to be clear, I don't know if by newer content, they mean like videos that you publish after that short is created, or if they just mean like videos that you've uploaded in the last 90 days. Um, I'm not sure because they, they didn't, uh, they didn't give that specific information. Um, Coach Sherry says, I don't think a lot of YouTubers consider the replay experience when they do lives. Absolutely not. Yeah. A lot, a lot of, a lot of YouTubers, um, are, are missing the mark on that in a major way. They, they don't think about the replay in the live. They don't have the purpose behind each specific piece of content that they upload. Like a lot of content creators, they just think I got to get a video out instead of thinking like, okay, why am I publishing this video? What's the purpose of this video? How does this type of content typically perform on my channel? Do I typically get higher ad rates on this content? Does this type of content typically get me more subscribers? Does it typically get me more views? Um, If it does one of those things, which one of those things is it that I'm publishing this content for? In addition to giving good content, you know, to the people that are interacting with your channel as the content creator, if you wanna accelerate things, you also have to make sure that you are giving purpose to things so that you can Use the content that you're putting out—not two things, two videos um, and live streams and everything else that you do—so that you can make sure that whatever goals it is that you're trying to attain through your YouTube channel, be it view goals, subscriber goals, money goals, you know, um, influence goals, whatever the thing is, positioning, you know, whatever you need to make sure that you are identifying these are the pieces that I have content that I'm putting out that are that are helping me achieve that specific goal. And it's normal. And it's recommended to have more than one goal that you're trying to achieve. So you have your monetization goals, you have your view goals that you're trying to hit your subscriber milestones, you're trying to hit, um, you know, those types of things. So when you are like, hey, this video here, I'm putting this out so that it serves this purpose, like that's how you really win. Um, Of course, you can you can get lucky and just put out videos that are, you know, just put them out and, you know, um like you know, like, hey, I'm just making all the right choices here, right? Um, you can definitely do that. But um if you apply that purpose and you actually put together a strategy on like, hey, this is what I'm trying to do. This is the content I'm putting out in order to make that happen, then it can accelerate um, you know, the 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 rate that you're growing. And not just growing, but achieving whatever goals it is that you're trying to achieve. Um let's see here. I think I just answered this one. Yep, I did. So next up. We've got how big is the map what is up hope you're doing awesome welcome back to the stream today um they have a gaming channel the goal of the channel is to walk across the map of every open world game ever made so really quick for you gamers in here I just want I just want to mention really quick just just like this is such a cool concept. Um, I actually haven't looked at the channel to to see, I think I might've looked a long time ago, but I haven't looked to see like the type of results that you've know they gotten recently, but just conceptually, right? Like this is how you stand out doing stuff like this, right? Cause you have, you know, like, hey, I'm just playing the game. And of course as a gamer, you know, it's, that's what a lot of people want to do. But you can add, you know, like things like this to like really leverage something unique, um, you know, really helps you stand out in a major way. Like this one, for example, like this helps them stand out in such a major way that every time they, you know, say something, not every time they say something, in the chat, but like if I notice them in the chat, then it just stands out, right? Because I know what it is that they do. Um, when their questions come in here in the forums, same exact thing. I know what it is that they do, and it just stands out like crazy because you know they're they're you know they're doing something so unique. Um, but anyway, they say a lot of respect for doing these live streams and helping us every Saturday. My question is: a few of my videos are a little bit too quiet. The volume is too low. I've already published them. Can I still turn up the volume of these videos in the YouTube editor? I'm not sure, I don't know. Um, I've never tried to use the YouTube editor in that way. I wish that I had an answer for you, but I don't. Um, I've never tried to use it in that way, so I'm really not sure. Maybe somebody else um, that's hanging out here today might have more experience with the YouTube editor on the audio side, but I personally do not. I know that YouTube does have their own options where they bring up the the sound of content and they you know, will bring it down if it is too overbearing or whatever. Um, but in terms of being able to adjust that in their editor, I'm not 100% sure if you can or not. So the next question on the list here is from Creator Classroom, what's going on? Hope you're doing great. Says they do a variety, oh, sorry, the channel name here is um, MRSVSNC09. So really quick, I just wanna give you the heads up, um, this channel name is really hard to remember. So the reason that that's important is because, you know if I was hanging out with Little Crafty Nook and we were hanging out grabbing coffee, and we were talking about YouTube videos and talking about content creators that were like, oh yeah, man, this person makes such good, great content. If I was watching your videos and I was trying to recommend your content to her, I wouldn't be able to because I wouldn't be able to to repeat the channel name. So just a just a you know, just a just a quick heads up for you there. Um, but anyway, the type of channel is variety with a big amount of Harry and Megan. And the goal of the channel is creating another source of in or another stream of income. And the question is, I'm considering a second channel, but thought it would be best to reband, including a name change of my current channel. Okay, you're already on it, sorry. Says, how does YouTube view rebranding established slash monetized channels? It's fine until you hit 100,000 subscribers. If you hit 100,000 subscribers and you have the check mark. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. If you hit if you hit a hundred thousand subscribers or when you hit a hundred thousand subscribers and you have that um, check mark next to your name then if you change your channel name you're going to lose that check mark um, all you have to do though is you just have to resubmit for the check mark and then you'll get it back but um, it just creates a just a wall so to speak in you're having that check mark but everything else stays the same. But, um, but right now, like if you're just in the partner program, but your channel isn't like huge yet, um, I think no matter what you do, you'll be making a good step. If you change your channel name, that's something that's easier to remember because right now any possible, um, negative impact that might happen on the platform, which won't be any, but if there is one, um, you would be able to offset that by just having a name that people can easily remember once they enjoy your content and they're like, Oh, Hey, that's right. I want to go watch some of their videos and they can search for it and find you. Um, I would definitely do that. Um, let's see here. So next up. So um Sam is four nineteen says my buddy got his check mark back in a day. Um he's at four hundred and sixty-six thousand subscribers. So there's some, you know, recent context for you. So, um the next channel name, this one's way too long for me to um, even read, but the question is, are they the type of channels animation and art? The goal of the channel says I want to make a living and help people and entertain them. And the question is, how do you write scripts and get into the zone? Do you grind and keep the motivation? What is your format for scripts and writing? Also, what percent of the time spent on the video should be editing and scripting. So this is a really good question. So um, and I don't think I've had this question before um, actually. So give me one second here. Okay, let me make sure that that's up. It is. Okay, so um, if you are trying to write scripts and you are trying to, you know, get into the zone when it comes to making content here are some things that will help you in that process. So the very first, let's talk about getting into the zone. So when it goes to getting into the zone, like getting you know in that mode to make videos, some people can just turn it on. They just turn on a camera and they go for it. But for the rest of us, what we have to do is we have to get ourselves to the point to where we can do that and that comes with practice. So for me, I do have some rituals that I'll typically do. It usually involves coffee, it involves sitting um, in wherever it is that I'm recording and just you know taking some breaths here for about five minutes or so and just kind of focusing on that to clear my mind out so I can focus a little bit better because my mind is all over the place just you know like I'm oh ball right so because of that it just helps me kind of focus and bring myself into, you know, the moment to where I'm getting ready to make some videos. If I'm live streaming. So for example, before this stream, I did a 15 minute meditation there for that. So that again, I could get focused so that I can ensure that I'm able to be present here instead of just thinking about other stuff while I'm streaming and stuff like that. Um, in addition to that, if I'm feeling a little bit kind of stiff and and all of that, I might jump around a little bit, not literally jumping around, but, you know, just kind of, you know, hopping around like this a little bit and just kind of move my arms, just trying to like, you know, just loosen myself up a little bit. um, so that, when I do sit down to start recording the content, I'm just a little bit more fluid in terms of how I feel. Uh, In addition to that, um, I'll speak out loud for a little bit. So it just primes my voice so that when I turn on the camera, that's not my voice for the first time of the day or for the first time in the last few hours that I'm speaking so that everything comes across a little bit more smooth in my voice and all that as well. So those types of things just kinda help get into the zone. Now, when it comes to script writing, some things to think about. First is TubeSpanner. If you've heard me talk about TubeSpanner before, they actually have script writing templates in there that you can use. So if you have a TubeSpanner account, they have some free ones too, but if you have a TubeSpanner account, you can go in there and you can you can go through the, the script templates and you can just fill out each section there so that you can have a clear guide for those of you that don't know how to write scripts. But you can find out more about that at tubespanner.com. I got links in the description, but anyway, the next thing is that when you are writing your scripts what you want to think about is you want to think about like in terms of the time you want to think about okay The very first part of this, this is going to be what people are going to experience right after they click. And if people leave during this moment in time, then it's gonna be really, like I'm not gonna be able to hold their attention for the rest, right? Because they're gonna be gone. So one thing that's really important to YouTube is when people start your video, that they make it a decent amount of time in the video, or maybe even complete the video, and then hopefully go and watch another video. So what you wanna make sure that you're thinking about when you're writing your script is the viewer experience. So you wanna share the information that you're sharing, but you also wanna think about the experience Experience that the viewers are going to have once they click on your video. So this is what it looks like. If somebody clicks on your video, then the very first thing that they see and/or hear should be some type of confirmation related to how you package the video in terms of the thumbnail and title. So, for example, if if it was a video about you know how to uh, you know set up an iPhone, then in that case, you know when it first started, you would mention you know hey, if you just got a new iPhone, you're looking to set it up. I'm going to be taking you through that process. Blah blah blah. So then in that case, they know, hey, I just clicked on this. This is what I'm expecting. They're telling me right here, this is what they're going to do. So I'm in from there, what you want to do is you want to start thinking of, okay, I've got, them, I've got them hooked. I've got them a little bit committed there. So the next thing that I want to do is I want to start thinking of how can I lead into the content that I'm going to be putting together. Um, and you want to, as you're thinking of that particular process, you want to think, okay, so I'm going to be showing them how to do it. So then the next thing that I need to do is I need to either tell them why the thing I'm going to be showing them is important or why it would matter to them. And then from there, you want to start getting into the actual content itself, which is you know all the different things that you're going to be sharing or the story you're going to be telling or whatever the thing is. Now, if your content is 100% storytelling, then in that case, you start your video, you know, with a hook related to the story itself, but you still wanna give some type of confirmation about, um, or for the viewer that they are going to be getting what they're expecting from the click. So when you are starting with your hook, another thing to make sure that you are keeping in mind is that your thumbnail and title are also a part of your hook. Because if your thumbnail and title are making a suggestion and building an expectation of what somebody's going to get from a video, then in that case, you have to make sure that you're delivering that so that they'll, you know, want to continue watching. But as you go through the actual content itself, you want to start making sure that you are just thinking of it from the perspective of, okay, with this particular part that I added to this script, why is this important to the viewer? What, help or context or what information does this add to this particular video or story that is going to add some type of value to the viewer that's watching it and as you get through each different section in your script you want to reevaluate that question what does this add to the viewer would my video stand alone by itself if I took this particular part out of the video yes or no and if it's yes then just take it out Right? Because it's not adding, you know, real value. It's kind of filler at that point. And then of course, once you get to the end, instead of adding any type of finalizing language, anything like that, letting people know that the video is coming to an end, instead you want to design the next step within your script. So what that looks like is as your video is coming to an end, you want to create some type of, um, information within your video to where you lead into that next click, meaning they come to the end of your video instead of you saying, and that's why I think this, or that's why you should do this, or that's how that works, or, you know, and that's how you do this, instead of doing that, you would say something along the lines of, um, you know, hey, so, you know, you've made it this far, you don't have to say you've made it this far in the video, but basically they get to the end of your video and you would say, if we're doing the the phone setup thing, in that particular case, you would say, okay, so now we have just set up your phone. So now that you got your phone set up, there's there's gonna be some really cool apps that you definitely wanna make sure that you have installed in your phone. So I have a video of the first apps that you should install into your phone once you set up your new phone. You can click into that right here. And the idea there is that you're essentially selling that next click based on something that would be interesting to the viewer. Now, in terms of why that... Stop button here. In terms of why um, that would be... um, um, or in terms of the time that you should spend editing versus scripting, it really comes down to the content that you're putting out. So in some cases, people can do that sort of thing. in like a few takes, some people can do it in one take to where it requires hardly any editing at all. In some cases, based on the audience that you're trying to reach, you need to edit in a very heavy way. Um, like if you look at Mr. Beast, for example, he's reaching that younger crowd. So his edits are all over the place. You know, you get through like a gazillion cuts within the first like 30 seconds, um, where people that are reaching older audiences, for example, they might slow things down a little bit. Um, if reaching people in the middle, then you try to find like a mix of the two or just content appropriate. So for example, if somebody's coming in to watch a, a tutorial on how to do something, then in that particular case, you know, all of that stuff isn't going to help them learn what it is that they're trying to learn in the actual video itself. So therefore your hook should be extremely short. And then you can get right into the content at that at that time. So when it comes to, you know, the amount of time that you should be spending, it's really dependent on exactly what it is that you're doing. And it, there really isn't a rule in terms of this is how much time you should spend scripting versus this is how much time you should spend writing or editing. So just to put this into context, I have videos on my channel, some of my best videos actually, um, that, I just winged it in terms of like, I'm like, okay, this is this is gonna be my hook. I write that down, because you always wanna think about that. But I write that down. I know the you know context of the video itself, but I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna use a few different bullet points and then I'm just going to freestyle essentially um, the information for this video based on these bullet points. And how that works is you just go through and you're like, okay, this is the bullet point, talk about this for a second or for you know a minute. Here's another bullet point, talk about that for a little bit, and here's another bullet point, talk about that for a little bit. And the recording process actually happens really fast and the scripting process is pretty much non-existent, but let's say the time that it takes to put that bullet point list together is a total of like three to five minutes. Then in that case, the the prep time is extremely low, but the editing time in that case ends up being a little bit more exorbitant because when you're just freestyling, you're doing a lot of takes and things like that to make sure that you have enough to work with in the edit to make sure that you're saying things in the right way and all that, because it's not scripted. And therefore that can end up causing a longer edit process. So it really comes down to, you know, to how you're putting everything together but hopefully you got some type of uh, context out of that. Uh, Let's see here. So next up we got um, Evelish, I like the channel name, says that um, they share their experiences in learning new skills and doing challenges. The goal of the channel is to build a community with my subscribers where I can include them in the videos doing challenges with me, kind of like Mr. Beast. And the question is, does it negatively affect a video if within one hour of uploading, I change the thumbnail and title a better one more than once? No, but one thing that you do need to keep in mind is when you first publish a video, YouTube is testing your content in different places on YouTube, they're testing it in front of different people and all of that. So just because a thumbnail within the first you know 15 minutes isn't a hit, doesn't mean that it's not going to be a hit over the next you know two hours. Um, within that though, one thing that is very important that you need to do is you need to start looking at your averages across your channel. In terms of, by this meaning impressions, on these particular traffic sources at this time, I usually have metrics on high performing videos that look about like this. So then that way you can say, based on X amount of impressions, normally, you know, three hours in, five hours in, whatever, I'm around here in terms of my click through rate on home pages. Then in that particular case, if you're way low, then that tells you, okay, I should probably go in here and update this. But some things you gotta keep in mind though. Is it's really important to make sure that you are understanding your averages because when you're publishing videos to YouTube, you have high click through rates, you have low click through rates, but when you start getting tons of impressions, that can also drive down your click-through rate. This is why it's really important to make sure that you're getting your averages figured out so that you can start identifying for you, your content, the audience that you're getting in front of, or that YouTube is showing your content to, so you can start to get an understanding of how your content typically performs and how people typically respond to your content. So then, that will help you identify when you need to make, you know, when you need to make changes and update things. But, really quick, in terms of negatively affecting the video, as long as people, right? None of this stuff is related to YouTube system, right? In terms of like, hey, when I change a thumbnail, then YouTube is going to all of a sudden start treating my video differently. It's not, it doesn't work that way. Instead, how it works is when you update that information, it causes the users of YouTube, the people that are interacting with YouTube, like you when you're not making, when you're actually uh, you know, consuming content, it's how the people that YouTube is showing the content to are responding to it, that's what matters. So even though you might think that it's a better thumbnail, of course, the public decides once you publish it, right? Um, if you think that it's a good title or not, the public's gonna decide. In some cases you might nail it, in other cases you might not. Um, but you know the important thing that I'm trying to share here is that figure out the averages on your channel and then once you understand the averages of your channel, it's gonna help you identify when you need to make those changes next up on our list we've got my name is sean what's up sean hope you're doing awesome love your channel name too that's pretty clear um it's an art channel the goal of the channel is to share my journey and become an independent artist um the question is do you think utilizing shorts for time-lapse drawings is a better direction for art content than long form i feel like people get bored from longer time lapses and since i'm an aspiring artist i don't have a whole lot to say nor am i comfortable with teaching art I would definitely leverage shorts for, if I was doing time-lapse art, I would definitely try to leverage shorts for that. I would actually, if I was doing time-lapse art, um, I would do YouTube shorts and I would actually make it outside of the short shelf and then I would upload it to YouTube shorts, I would upload it to TikTok and I would upload it to Instagram Reels. So then that way, you're taking that one piece of content, you're putting it on the major platforms, and uh, and then you get to see how each platform is going to treat that content. And you might end up blowing up on TikTok or Instagram, and your YouTube doing okay, or you might end up blowing up on YouTube and your TikTok and Instagram doing okay, but you're giving yourself huge opportunity there um, by, by experimenting with that. But yeah, I, I, like that type of content, I would definitely be trying that in YouTube shorts. Uh, Next up, we've got Enthusiast Impressions. Enthusiast Impressions does tech content. The goal of the channel is versatile tech for working and gaming. That's cool. Question, running a channel that provides tech videos on products that can do both productivity and gaming, train of thought is to own better and own less. With gear that pulls double duty for work and gaming, is that too much of a split? Should I focus on one or the other when making a video or is keeping the hybrid approach viable? Closest I've found to this type of channel is Tech Notice. They have a focus on productivity with mentions of gaming. Um, Yeah, so so what you wanna think about here is scale and exactly who it is that you're trying to reach with your content and what it is that you're trying to accomplish with your channel. The reason it's important to consider that is because If you are trying to monetize quickly, then in that case you are probably going to have more success selling to people that are, um, you know, through affiliate marketing, you know, those sorts of things. You're probably gonna have a better chance of selling to those people um, with framing it around, you know, productivity and work and then with gaming as the mention like oh hey and if you game this is great for that blah blah blah. um then in that case you know monetizing that particular audience is most likely going to be faster um whereas you know monetizing the gaming audience then you are going to be likely i mean mixing it with work though that might keep you out of the you know younger crowd that just doesn't have you know the income to spend so to speak because maybe they're not working yet they're still in school or whatever um so having that work layer will kind of separate you there um, but if it was me, I would actually lean on the work side and then have gaming as the secondary just because it opens you up, you know, um you know, the potential. Um, it opens you up a lot more just because of the like I, I'm thinking about it from a sustainability standpoint, which means you're gonna be able to monetize it easy. You're gonna have an endless amount of things to, you know, to talk about. Um, and it's gonna put you in front of the right audience, which is gonna help, you know, which is gonna help you, you know, monetize easy as well. And if you go after the work crowd, that's going to be great on the sponsorship side. Um, you can do good with sponsorships on the gaming side too, but if you go for the work crowd, you'll be you'll be able to get more. If, if that's who your audience ends up becoming, you'll be able to get more through your sponsorships at a lower level, so to speak, in terms of, you know, how big your channel is and your average view counts and all that, um, compared to what it is that you're able to do in the gaming world. Cause there's so many gamers and tons of gamers are reaching out to all these companies. Um, and so because of that, they, you know, they'll, they'll just be working with the cream of the crop. So because of that. You would give yourself that opportunity to push into an audience of, you know, a a certain demographic of the workforce, which could help you end up being, you know, more valuable to sponsors in the future. So I would I would just consider that in terms of, you know, just some some food for thought there. But I would get very clear and specific on one, what you're trying to do with the channel, like I mentioned before, and two, who it is that you're actually trying to serve there. Um, because that's going to be a huge factor in you know the content decisions and also the you know the the, the long term impact of your YouTube channel and how it you know impacts your own life as well. Um really quick, I want to check on something here and just make sure that I didn't miss something. I think I'm good. I just want to make sure um okay so really quick um cha-ching king says i teach online reselling ebay i have two types of videos on my channel my tutorial videos perform better long term than my sourcing bolo videos should i just focus on making the tutorial videos if they perform better for you long term based on the goals that you have for the channel that's what i would do um, and the reason for that is because, you know, they're doing the thing, all right? The other videos, if they're like quicker for you to make and they still bring in, you know, decent amount of views and things like that, and you have that clear reason for them, then in that case, yeah, you know, go ahead and put those out there too. But if you're like, you know what, I can make the same videos in the same amount of time and the same amount of value they're gonna accomplish, you know, help me accomplish what it is I'm trying to do with the channel, um, then in that case, if they are historically proven to perform better, then I would I would double down on those as long as, you know, that's something that you're willing to do, as long as you'll still also have, you know, Know personal satisfaction and joy from doing that. Heart sprinkle, super chat. love the channel name. It makes me think of it makes me think of candy. Like uh, makes me think like uh, like you know you know those Valentine hearts. For some reason, I don't know why, but those Valentine hearts. Uh, that's what that's what I think about when I see your channel name. It's probably your logo that made me think that way. But anyway, so it says I make art uh, videos for entertainment, not tutorials. I'm struggling with my thumbnail. Do you think it's better to show? the item I'm painting blank or blurred out with a question mark or finished and painted. Um, So I would experiment with um, a before and after I would experiment with just a highlight of the, you know, after version. And I would expect, I would experiment with a, Uh, before version and then a after version, but then having the after version blurred out, but where you'd still be able to see all the color and you know, all the stuff to where it's like, hey, there's something really interesting behind this blur or pixelation, whatever it is. So it's lightly pixelated enough to where even if it's small, you wouldn't really be able to see it, but you know that there would be something you know that it's the same object essentially. Um, I would experiment with those things with the thumb and see if that, um, see if that helps you out in any way, but um, um, but I would definitely try the before and after, and then um, I wouldn't personally. I wouldn't do the blank canvas version um, just because if you're doing art, for example, or you're painting specific things, that would make them really kind of uninteresting. Um, so because of that, if you are going to be doing that, I would try to fo- or I- experiment with it because, you know, people might click on that, you know, the people that YouTube's showing your content to. So experiment with it. Try it, you know, on a few videos. But um, but I, I would um, I would first. I would try the you know before and after where you show it without and with um, the finished version, and then I would also try to show the the finished version um, as the uh, second version of that. All the things you make as cute items, okay, yeah. So then in that case, yeah, I, I would definitely show that. Um, I would show that after um, as an experiment, and then the before and after um, those would be the main things I would that I would try to focus on. Oh, let's see here. Fit Dad Chris says, what should I do to fill in the gaps between shows? My co-host and I have been hosting Fit Dad Live bi-weekly for 22 episodes now, alternating channels. So if you're filling in the gaps between shows, um, I I thought you were doing fitness, like direct fitness-related content. Um, If... If that's not what you're doing, then based on the content that you are putting out, um, I would just try to find something related to it. So if you're just having conversations, like you know, like you're doing a podcast or something like that, then you know it can be fine to just do your own you know episode, you know, from time to time if your friend's not available. So you have like a solo episode, then you have the episode that you do with them to keep that experience going. If you're having success with that, um, if you're not having tons of success than that, then in that or with that, then in that case, um, one thing that I would consider doing. Is um, trying to just figure out another type of content that you can put out. I think it's kind of what you're asking, but if it's fitness content, then in that case, you have your podcast that you do, and then have you know like tip, you know, fitness tip related, you know, content that you can share would be something that I would experiment with. Just some you know food for thought there. So next up on our list here, we've got gaming with jail. Gaming with jail says that they do daily content. Um, it's gaming content as well. The goal of the channels loading for fun, ultimately grow a following, make money and go full time. The question is I work long hours at a high stress job. I usually only post one long form video per week, but I post daily humor shorts related to my content. I'm growing rapidly and I want to make sure that I maintain the momentum. What do you think is the best way to approach this moving forward? Am I on the right track? If people are responding to what it is that you're doing, Keep doing it exactly as you're doing it right now. Of course, put out experimental, you know, content um, from time to time to see how people respond to that as well to see if you can notch it up a tad. Um, but if you are doing something that's working, people are responding to it positively, and you're growing rapidly, stay the course. Right, keep doing what it is that you're doing because that's what people are enjoying. If you start to curve off a little bit, um, in terms of like you know you're growing quickly and you know that's where you just keep doing everything it is that you're currently doing because that's what people are loving and then if you start curving off and you start stagnating then double down on the experimentation to 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 get the whole thing rolling again um okay so next up on our list here we've got um tammy says does it hurt thank you for the super chat by the way says does it hurt a lifestyle channel to take a little break um is three to four percent click-through rate good for a four-month-old channel So when it comes to click-through rate, um, the average across YouTube, according to YouTube, is between two and 10%. With that, they don't tell us how many impressions that that generates that two to four percent, or two to 10%. So one thing that is important to think about is that your click-through rate is going to vary depending on the amount of impressions that you're getting. So what that means is, if you're getting a low amount of impressions, it's much easier to keep a higher click-through rate than it is if you are getting crushed with impressions and, and what an impression is in case you're not familiar with that I have a whole video on words that you should know as a youtuber so make sure that you watch that video on my channel for everybody that hasn't watched that yet because um, it just helps you know all of this stuff sink in more but basically when it comes to the impressions an impression is when YouTube shows your content to somebody on the platform for more than a second so that's you know your thumbnail on fully visible on screen on whatever device for more than a second so if that happens at scale and they're showing your content to you know thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people then of course, that's going to end up drawing down your click through rate for the more people that they show it to, because as they start showing it to more and more people, they become less and less qualified to be the ideal viewer for that content. However, when you're getting a low amount of impressions, the system is just trying it in front of the people that the system thinks are the most primed for that content. If they don't respond to it, then in that particular case, it's going to really hurt you. But if they do, then that limited amount of people is going to kind of inflate your click through rate because they are the most primed for the content. So because of that, in terms of three to 4% being good, it, you know, really comes down to, you know, one, where you're getting that three to 4% from the impressions that you're getting for that three to 4%, um, what the three, four, three to 4% is compared to, um, you know, similar channels like yours. So, you know, one of the other things that you have to factor in, because one of the questions that I get a lot on Twitter and stuff like that is people are like, Hey, I have a higher click through rate here. Um, and you know, my average view duration, like all the stuff, you know, my video should be doing better. Why is it not? And the answer to that and YouTube shares this information publicly as well is that It's not just about, like getting the averages helps you know when you need to make changes, but you're also competing with all of the other videos on the platform right now that YouTube thinks is a good fit for your audience. So if there's a lot of really high performing content on the platform that YouTube thinks is an ideal fit for your audience and you are falling below par of the averages of what those you know, that content's hitting, then that can negatively impact your reach as well. So, you know, you have to factor in all of these things when it comes to, uh, you know, when it comes to your video performance. But um, in terms of, does it hurt to take a a lifestyle channel to take a little break? It does. And it's not necessarily, I mean, it does hurt on the YouTube side when you take breaks, because if you're starting to pick up momentum of some kind and you take a break, then everything can kind of stagnate and sometimes fall. In some cases, you can bring it back quickly. In some cases, it can take a really long time. A really good friend of mine, one thing that he does on a regular basis is he will come in hard on his YouTube channel and he'll just start going for it. Right. Cause that's just how he rolls. He's either 100% or zero. So when he's hundred percent, he goes in, he's always hundred percent in something, but, but, but whatever that thing is, is the thing that all the attention goes to and he doesn't, you know, give attention to other things. So what happens is he'll come back to his YouTube channel. He'll grind it out on his YouTube channel. He'll get everything like moving. He'll start, you know, really climbing in terms of momentum. And then he'll just take a break and focus on something else for, you know, a month, two months, three months. And then when that happens, every single time when he comes back, he has to, you know, get back on that horse again and work extra hard just to try to, you know, get things back to like an average, um, you know, average type of status for himself. So, So because of that, just keep that type of thing in mind when it comes to taking breaks. But When you do take your break, all you need is one video to put you back on par. And when it comes to taking a break, your version of a break might be like, hey, I'm just gonna miss an upload this week. Um, Some other people's versions of a break is like, hey, I'm gonna take the next three months off. (laughs) So if you're gonna miss an upload, you know, not the end of the world, don't even worry about it, don't stress about it. If you're like, hey, I'm gonna take off the next like 30 days, then in that case, you know, you could could see a negative impact. And the reason for that is because when you put out new content, that new content, you'll see it on your videos, you have that little new tag when your videos are new within that first seven days, YouTube is testing it in front of, you know, people on the platform. So they typically will get a lot of, you know, exposure at that time. Um, Whereas if you don't have any new content going out, then you don't have those, you know, you don't have that new content being tested um, as, as heavily, so to speak. And the awesome thing is, is when they're testing your content heavily, this is why it's important to stay consistent. When they're testing that content heavily because you're continually putting out new content, then as people are coming in and they're responding well to that new content, what the system is doing is it's saying, hey, based on the topic of this video and how they responded to this video, what else on this person's YouTube channel is a good fit for this particular viewer? And then they'll start showing them old content on your YouTube channel. So as soon as they identify those viewers through their you know, testing with the new tags, um, as soon as they identify those viewers, then they'll start showing them the old content, which you know helps move things forward as well. So when you do take those breaks, it kind of curves off the promotion of everything. In fact, YouTube also publicly says that when you are not consistently uploading, um, this is in the Google help docs, you can actually find this yourself. But they say when you're not um, consistently uploading, it can impact your recommendations. In terms of them recommending your content to people, so you know, keep that in mind too. So uh, let's see here. Yeah, and D says, uh, you know, YouTube is a rat race by design. Totally. Yeah, keeps us all keeps us all in the wheel, keeps us all, uh, you know, out there continuing to you know put out content um, for them and for ourselves on a regular basis. So um, Ivory Van says, if I work as a voice actor on a YouTube channel that gets terminated, would they terminate my channel if I wanted to do YouTube, or it has no effect? So when it comes to YouTube channel terminations, if your channel, if you're the owner of the channel and your channel gets terminated according to the YouTube terms of service, you're not allowed to have another channel. With that said, tons of content creators will get their channels terminated. They'll create new channels. Um, A really good example of this is What's her name? Um, I forget now, it's like Swift or something like that. But anyway, she got, um, I think it was like 600,000 subscribers. Some, she caught some like, they framed it as some type of like algorithmic anomaly is how she told the story anyway. Um, what what happened there is she had like 600,000 subscribers and her channel just zeroed out or whatever. Um, you know what, she didn't get it terminated. So, so I won't actually use her as an example, so never mind. But anyway, terms of service, If your channel gets terminated, you are, um, by their rules, not allowed to have another one. Brian G dropping the help, help (laughs) swoop. That's it. There we go. Thank you. Yep. Swoop. Um, okay. So let's see here. So next up on our list. So um, Drew Project says, am I on a Windows or a Mac? So this setup is a Windows, um, that setup is a Windows, um, and then I have the Mac in there that I'm doing uh, music stuff on. I just put out a tweet asking for some recommendations on like podcasting um, software for uh, for Macs, because um, I'm looking for that. But I think I've got it sorted with uh, Logic, thanks to some recommendations on that. Um, uh, so I think that's sorted. So our next channel here is from Procedural Nodes. Procedural Nodes says that they are focusing on content surrounding three D creation programs like Unreal Engine, Cinema Four D, etc. The goal of the channel is, as a thirty plus year IT person, I want to bring my technical expertise to this community. And the question is, Viper Man about Tech, what's up, people? <laughs> what's up, dude? Hope you're doing. Uh, hope you're doing awesome. Looking forward to meeting up with you at Vid Summit, man. Hope you're doing great. Um, the uh, question here says I recently decided to move my channel from crypto technology to three D, and I so far have kept the same channel. Should I build up a new channel from scratch or keep with my new focus on this channel? If I move, what should I do about the 3D videos already produced? So if I was in your shoes, and I'm just going to explain this based on just how the system works in general. Yes, you can pivot channels without question. You can just all of a sudden start making new content. YouTube will find an audience for that content. It might take a little bit, but they will. The downside of that is since you do have those 3D videos on your channel and, or sorry, since you have those crypto videos on your channel, then you have to think about it from the perspective of what I just mentioned in terms of somebody new comes in your channel, they start interacting with your content, and then YouTube has a uh, archive of content that they can show that particular viewer. In your case, since you have all those crypto videos, it's not going to be a good fit for them. So when they recommend it to them, they're not going to be likely to respond to it. That's going to hurt your click-through rate. It's going to lower the amount of you know impressions that you're getting for you know that stuff for people that are newly interacting with the channel because they're just not going to respond to it as well. However, if you take the other approach, and you're like, hey, I'm just gonna do this on a new channel, base everything on this channel around 3D, you build it from the ground up that way, then every single video that you have on that channel for all time will be relevant to the audience that you are trying to reach with that particular content. So... When you put out a new piece of content, YouTube tests it. They enjoy that content. As you start growing your archive, then they have content that's relevant to every single viewer that's interacting with that channel that they can start suggesting to them. Um, whereas currently, you're kind of throwing a wrench into that because you know you have a whole archive full of content that's not a great fit for people that are interacting with the new 3D content. So again, you can pivot. Now, channels do it all the time, but there can be some you know growing pains involved. Uh, you know growing pains involved with that. So if it was me, I would do a new channel for it. Next on the list, we've got Cha-Ching King. I teach people how to resell online, and share things um, to resell. Long-term I like to create a channel that's truly helpful and motivational for anyone wanting to resell from home. Question is, I've never made a short form videos at all. Going forward, will I need to make short form videos to continue growing? This is a really great question and I really don't know the answer to this right now. Um, I wish that I could say like, yeah or no, um, but, The way things are going, I really don't know. Um, I don't know if this is going to be something that we are going to kind of have to, you know, bow to, so to speak, um, for lack of a better way to say it. um, In terms of like, hey, these are all the features, and you got to be using, you know, these features in order to, you know, to really give yourself like the real opportunity. Um, I'm I'm not sure. Um, As it stands right now, you know, full long form videos without any shorts on them, you know, you still are getting you know tons of suggestions, things like that, if you're making good content. But the Um, But the future, I'm not sure what the future holds in that regard, Um, because, you know, there is a huge priority right now on, you know, the short form content. There is a... Um, there's a, uh, you know, a huge movement, I, for lack of a better way to say it towards, you know, like the vertical content as well. So, you know, because of that, I think everything's just like really blurry in terms of, you know, what it is that, 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 that we're going to need to do in terms of, you know, what it is that people are going to continue responding to the different places or different ways people are getting value from the content and all of that. Um, I would think. That you know, long term, it would be in our best interest to try to figure out how to leverage those things in some way, um, just because they are discovery features, right? So, like you know, one way that that I'm thinking about this is that when we put out long form content, just like regular videos, right? When we put out regular videos, there's an audience for those regular videos. There's very specific places on YouTube where they show people those regular videos. When you're live on YouTube. Those also have, you know, very specific purpose in a lot of, um, in a lot of cases and with live streams, those also get prioritized on YouTube. So, you know, if people are coming in, they're interacting with your streams or they're just into your content when they load in, when they log into YouTube or they load their, you know, their app, they're going to see the live streams of the content creators that they, you know, watch their content on a regular basis. So we can use that as a way to pull people in. And then when it comes to like our community feeds, like when we use those, then that will push in front of you new know, cases, people that aren't subscribed, and we can use those as a way to you know, get in front of people. Now, when it comes to shorts, um, they have data that they put out saying that um, I can't remember the exact stat, but I think it was like 8% or something like that. Um, double check that percent, though, but it was somewhere around there. But it's um, I think it's somewhere around 8% of um, of the or not 8% of the channels, but people that use. YouTube shorts on a regular or sorry, YouTube stories on a regular basis, um, they typically grow, I think it, it was somewhere around like an 8% um, uh, uh, faster than channels that don't. So there's that, right? Because then those pushes in front of people that are subscribed, but also people that are not and then now we have this whole shorts thing that we got to deal with so then with that that's just one more place to where if we can find time over the course of the week um to put out you know a piece of shorts content then that's a whole other group of people that we get the opportunity to get in front of so because of that um you know right now like i said i have no idea you know what it's going to look like you know going into the future but For our, you know, from, from my perspective or my, my, my opinion, I think that, um, that, you know, any of these features that we can leverage and use on a regular basis, it's just one more thing that we can use to get in front of, you know, one more person essentially. So, you know, with your content, you know, I, I have this, I have this thing that I share from time to time about, you know, all it takes is one, I've actually considered making a video about this just by itself. But, um, uh, the whole idea is that like, you know, you can have one video on your YouTube channel or one really good video idea that ends up blowing up your YouTube channel. You can have one YouTube short that blows up your YouTube channel, right? You can have one piece of content that you make that puts you in front of that one person that will reach out to you that will end up making a huge impact in your life or whatever. Right? So like when it comes to all of these different features, it's like, you know, it gets us in front of, you know, one more person right? So um so in my opinion I think that even though it's definitely something that like if you got a job or you're going to school and you're trying to hold down like a family and all this stuff that it's definitely a lot more challenging to leverage all that stuff where people that just this is all they do like just just make YouTube videos then in that case it's a little bit you know more it makes more sense for them to be like hey I'm going like all in on just putting out content on every option that I have here on YouTube all the time um then that makes a ton of sense. But right now when you are you know like if you're somebody that's like hey i'm doing all i can right now and i'm kind of maxed out then in that case you know just just try to think of ideas like hey what could i do um you know in the future maybe what kind of you know ideas can i come up with that will you know help me be able to leverage some of these features that i'm not currently leveraging like for example with me let's talk about my failures here so you know like for me um, like I don't use stories hardly ever, um, every now and then I'll have these little bursts to where I'll do it. But, um, but on my list is, you know, I got to start using stories more, um, when it comes to YouTube shorts, um, even though I'm not a, a fan of making that type of content, I'll watch it. I'll watch TikTok. I'll watch YouTube shorts too. Um, Instagram reels. Also, I learned a ton on all those, but, um, but when it comes to, you know, shorts, that's another thing. I don't enjoy making shorts. So right now, you know, I'll put some out, but it's not something that I'm like, Oh man. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to add tons of value with this short. Right. So, uh, so because of that, you know, for me, um, you know, like I need to be doing more community posts. I need to be doing more stories and I need to be doing more shorts. Um, one of the things, because I do, you know, um, understand the value of these live streams and, you know, all that, um, and just putting out video content. So for me, it took me a really long time to come up with the news idea. Um, but now that that's deployed, people are really enjoying that as well. It doesn't take a ton of time. And that was a great way for me to add just some supplemental content to the channel that adds tons of value to people. Um, that also helps me stay in the loop, with stuff that I'm already, you know, interacting with or consuming anyway. Um, and then, you know, sharing that information, you know, with you guys through the news segment. So if you can find things like that also to where, if you just, you know, think about it a lot, then, you know, those little ideas here and there will come up to where you'll be like, Hey, maybe I can use this for a short, or maybe I can make this a theme that I do in my stories, or maybe I can do like a quick live stream about this or, you know, whatever the thing is. So, you know, just spend the time thinking about it. Funny thing with the news. So, uh, um, without, saying too much, it's hilarious too. You know, one thing that um that I just want to just mention, you know, to everybody here, because you're all content creators, um, you know, like when you step out of the box and you start, you know, in your space, if you start, you know, coming up with ideas that other people aren't coming up with and you start doing, you know, just some cool stuff and all of that, other people in your space are going to copy what it is that you're doing. It's the nature of the beast and you can't really get upset about it, but you can, right? So, um, So I just found that another channel. Now I'm not gonna not gonna call them out yet, but like another channel um, that makes content, you know, to help content creators. They also started a new segment, and uh, it's hilarious because it's like that the news that they're sharing is stuff that I was sharing like as it was breaking and they're framing it as breaking, but really it's like a month old, you know, news. It's kind of funny, but um, but you know, just as a heads up to everybody here, I don't even know why I started walking down this path, I think because I mentioned the news, but um, but you know, just as a heads up, you know, for those of you that are here that are going to be the people in your space that are just coming up with the ideas and trying to do stuff that everybody else isn't when you get the opportunity to, um, for those of you that are doing that, just be ready that, you know, people are definitely um, gonna come in and just start Copying, like everything it is that you do, so like even when you come up with new stuff, um, they will uh, you know people are going to come in and just start uh, just start you know doing your thing. So uh, next up on the list, oops, sorry, is a uh, game life forty four says that they upload one time per week or more. They do mobile gaming content. Um, the goal of the channel is to grow a monetized channel for additional income from my love of gaming. And the question is, should the YouTube shorts be clips from longer content or should it be a new video from trying to lead the viewer to view longer content? So if you're trying to get them to go from the short form content to the long form content, if you sample your video um, and you, you know, clip it out that way, then what's going to happen is YouTube is going to put a link there. Right, to where people can literally click on the link to the long form video. So if you're trying to make that happen, then, um, then clipping out is a good move. If you're trying to just impact that viewer and get them to enjoy that short so that the short performs well, then in that case, what you wanna do is you wanna put out original content for the short to create an awesome experience that is designed for the short shelf, create that and then algorithmically for the people that enjoy that short YouTube will recommend them your long form content. So you have, you know, you have those two avenues um, to where you're able to do that right now. Um, let's see here next up on our list, we've got by lady fee says that they do mukbang content. The goal is to grow to the point that it can be my mainstream of income. And the question is, let me know how I can be better in all areas, pay attention, be intentional. And always be working on your skill set. Here's the thing: um, in terms of you know things that you can do to be better, things that we can all do to be better. As we progress through time with all of this whole content thing, more and more people are getting into it. And as more and more people get into it, that means there's a lot of people that are finding new ways to do it. They're finding better ways to do it. They're finding more efficient ways to do it. And that means that in order to to keep doing it and keep doing it to the, to the rate that, you know, that it's, that it's going to, you know, um, help you like in your case, you know, be like an income source, then you have to keep leveling up all the time. Right. It's part of the thing. Like, so in addition to the hamster wheel of continually putting out content, you often, you also gotta be, you know, leveling up your skill sets and trying to come up with new ideas and trying to, you know, just, just, you know, keep pushing things forward for the sake of just, you know, Making sure that you're, you know, competitive. So, um, so you know, definitely in terms of you know things that you can do to improve, work on your work on your skill sets, be intentional about you know everything it is that you're doing, and uh, and and keep you know keep at it. Learn Spanish World says, "Do you think YouTube will still be around in ten years time? What's the future of YouTube?" Um, I do think they'll be around in ten years time, but in terms of the future of YouTube, I'm not 100 sure. Um, I think that um, um, just if we just talk, you know, in in just like opinions here. Um, I think that yes they'll they'll be around, but in terms of what it'll look like for us, I'm really not sure. Um, I think that you know with all these features that they are putting in here um, in terms of you know um, trying to compete with other platforms that are pulling the attention um, you know, in terms of content creators going there because they're getting the growth and things like that, like they're trying to copy a lot of that stuff so that content creators will stay here as well. But the one thing that they have here that they don't have anywhere else is culture, and I know that sounds weird. But on YouTube, we have the whole like, you know, subscriber thing. Um, They used to have like YouTube specific, you know, events that you go to and things like that. Now we just have like YouTube specific conferences. But even with those, now, you know, Instagram's in there, TikTok's in there and all of that. Um, But when it comes to uh, YouTube, it's, you know, the monetization here um, is great and uh, um, all of that. The thing that I think will end up happening in the future probably is probably. Um, subscriber counts, things like that, you know, because they're already becoming less relevant. So since the subscriber count is becoming less relevant already, like way less relevant than it used to be like now, like, in addition to clicking the bell and all that stuff, you know, like you almost have to, you know, be like, yeah, I invite this person to show up at my house and let them know that they just published a video is almost where they're at now, (laughs) right? In terms of the relevance of, you know, being a subscriber to somebody's YouTube channel. But, um, uh, when it comes to the subscriber count, it's just so like, it's like, it's like, it almost doesn't even, it does matter, but not really the data behind the channel matters, but the amount of people that are subscribed, that doesn't seem to matter, you know, as much. So because of that, um, I think that somewhere in the future it's possible that they might lose the whole subscriber thing in general. Uh, Maybe not because that is part of the culture, which is what I was talking about before. So, you know, like um, when it comes to, like kids growing up these days, for example, like kids wanna be YouTubers. Yes, kids wanna be TikTokers too, but kids wanna be YouTubers more as of now. We'll see how that goes in the future. But in terms of being here in 10 years, I do think it'll be here in 10 years, but it's changed a lot over the last decade. So it's changed a lot just in the seven years that I've been here. So um, so I'm sure it's going to go through some rapid, changes. But in addition to that, there's also going to be some other things like they got to get a handle on the copyright thing that they're dealing with right now, or the whole thing's going to implode, right? So, uh, so little things like that, you know, are also uh, are also kind of uh, crazy. Fly ride. What's up, dude? Hope you're doing awesome, man. Nice to see you and you here, man. Hope you're doing great. But overall, yeah, I think it'll be here in 10 years. Um, and I think that more importantly, um, as a content creator, right? Like once you learn how to do the thing in terms of learning how to make videos learning how to make videos that people respond to understanding just the basic concepts a lot of the stuff that we share here um, just the basic concepts of like okay how do i bring attention to something how do i get people to click on something how do i make something that people will enjoy like when i'm making it for me It's totally different than what I'm making it for someone else or for other people. So once you develop that skill and you learn how to do it, um, you'll be able to, you know, secure your, you know, your ability to tap into that opportunity um, for a very long time. Um, If it's here or not, It'll probably be here. This will at least be one of the factors because it's like it's it's such a behemoth um, that it's definitely not too big to 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 fail or to end up in you know like you know have some type of legal thing applied to it that ends up breaking everything or whatever. It's definitely not too big for that. Um, However again, the culture of this whole thing is really deep and ingrained in, um, humanity really at this point, or at least, you know, all the Western or not Western countries, but everywhere where YouTube isn't blocked, YouTube is a major part of society. And because of that, I think that, you know, that, that it definitely has a really, you know, really positive, uh, you know, future. Um, I'm just not sure, you know, exactly what it's going to look like. Um, let's see here. So next up on the list, we got Legima Linda. I hope I'm saying that correctly. I apologize um, if not, Linda. They um, do hair content. They talk about growing beautiful hair. The goal of the channel says, I wanna make a career out of um, talking about what I'm passionate about. And the question is, does video quality effect reach on YouTube? What budget mobile phone has a good quality camera that works? So when it comes to video quality, um, you can upload content where the video quality itself isn't that fantastic, but it does have to be at a somewhat competitive level. And what I mean by competitive level is your content has to be quality enough that the quality isn't a distraction from it, right? So what I mean by that is if somebody can come into your video and the first thing they're gonna think is like, oh God, this looks horrible then you need to level up your quality. If somebody comes into your video and, they, and and it interrupts their experience because they can't see what it is that you're trying to show them or they can't clearly see you if you're the person talking or whatever, that's going to interrupt their experience and negatively impact you. Um, if they come into your video and the audio is all crazy and it, it, or it's way too low, if, if you're talking and it's like this, right? I'm not sure how this is picking up so this may or may not be a good example. But like, if they come in, if they come into your video and you're and you're taught, and it sounds like this, then people probably aren't going to stick around that long, right? Because it's a distraction. But if they can come into your video and they can experience your content without noticing those things, then it's quality enough. And then from there, of course, you can upgrade if you choose to. Um, but you just need to get it to a quality that's high enough that the quality itself isn't a distraction from, from the value that you're trying to bring. Hopefully that made sense. Um, in terms of a budget mobile phone that works, me personally, I'm not like you know, I'm not in the mobile phone space. Um, like I'm still using a iPhone 11, and you can even look right here. Look, look at how busted. This is how I roll. Look at how busted this case is. Right, I don't know if you can see this or not, but this case is so busted. I had like like trim stuff that was like going around the edges. All that's fallen off. I've got like old glue. <laughs> I've got old glue on here, you know, from that. Um, so yeah, this is still like an iPhone eleven. So like you know that that's how up to date I am on um on the phone game. So uh, so when it comes to recommending you like the best phone for your needs right now, I'm not that person, but it looks like we've got some options coming in um, coming into the chat right now. So um so if anybody does have any feedback on just good phones that are, you know, that that would help um that would help them, you know, get the job done at a quality that would be, you know, at that, you know, a competitive level, um, definitely, you know, drop it in the chat. Uh next up on our list, Renee Ritchie in the house. What's up, dude? Hope you're doing awesome. Says uh Black Star Watchtower is the name of this channel. Um they do gaming content. The goal of the channel is to build a community. And the question is, what's your thoughts on taking a single player live stream and re-uploading it into multi-part episodes in the VOD if the VOD loses traction? I think that's perfectly a cool thing to do. So if you are up if you do a live stream, and this is something that is live streamers that we have to acknowledge as well. Um, so if you have a live stream that you do. Um, based around the game that you play or based around information that you share based around the reviews that you do, or, you know, the, the tactics that you show people or the, you know, in Leela's case, you know, the, the video editing, you know, um, um, information that she shares with people. Like when you are putting, you know, that type of content together in videos or live streams, but more in live streams, you get a lot of content out of like a 30 minute or one hour live stream. So because you get a lot of content if you find little highlights that would be great for the short shelf or that would be a great standalone piece of video content like man I was playing GTA and you know I I you know was cruising you know I was full speed I hit this ramp and I ended up on top of Mays Bank by bouncing off of a bunch of buildings and you know all this other crazy stuff then in that case you might see that and think like oh man I wish you know that that was great in the live stream um but you know what can I do with it in that case, that would be something that might be great for a short, um, or that you'd be able to clip down into like a good piece of, you know, just like a piece of video content and you would package that content up in a way that would be compelling. Um, so that people would click on it. So, you know, taking what happens in your live streams, cutting out parts of that and then repurposing that, um, for additional content is definitely um, a good thing to do. So next up on our list here, we've got everyday cooking dad, everyday cooking dad says they do cooking content. Who knew? <laughs> the goal of the channel is a uh, side gig, and the question is: My channel is about what I cook every day as a dad. I cook a variety of things. Um, I try to put up two videos a week. Are cooking channels harder to grow than other channels? I have one video that was mostly shown in Taiwan. My target audience is in the USA. So when you are um, when you're putting out cooking content, people absolutely respond to cooking content on YouTube. But one thing that you need to do is you need to go and look and see the types of videos that are showing up when you look for content. Like if you look for like a, a, like a dish that you're making, then in that case, just go, just do a quick YouTube search and see how people are representing that. And the reason that you wanna do that is because the stuff that YouTube is going to show you is the stuff that people are responding to. So use that as your guide in terms of like, okay, how good do I need to make my pictures? What do my videos need to look like? You know, things like that, because then that will help you be able to better serve the audience that's into that type of content. And they're not, they're not harder to grow um another thing that you can do here as well is um i actually had a channel reach out to me um not too long ago that uh, they grew a cooking channel um off of a coffee video they got 2 million subscribers on the channel and a coffee video did most of that for them so but that particular coffee video the reason that one did um, most of the heavy lifting for them is because that particular coffee video was a coffee that was trending at the time and they were one of the first people to make a video on YouTube about that particular way of doing coffee and it was literally trending on Google um, at the time they made it they noticed that and they're like hey let me make a video showing people you know my version of this and they did and it you know it took their channel um, to the moon so to speak so when it comes to you know your the things that you're cooking in your case you're just showing people you know the the recipes that you're putting together as you're putting them together instead of taking that you know that approach So one thing that I would recommend, is that you do just, you know, go and look for different recipes and go look for, you know, cooking and recipes and things like that in Google Trends and you go to trends.google.com to find this, but go and look for that and just, you know, every day just check it and just say, hey, is there anything that is trending right now that maybe is new to me that I would like to try to make or anything like that where I could, you know, kind of get in on some of these opportunities so that you could be, you know, a first person or one of the first people to make videos about that particular thing that might help you get a little bit more traction. And then once you get that traction, and that will help support the other videos if people respond positively to that. Um let's see here. So next up on our list here, really quick, we got the Crouch Ranch. Crouch, crouch. Ranch says, "Hey Nick, I also asked a question in your form about changing the name of an established channel. I hope you get to it." So um, if you have an established channel, I can tell you right now, changing the name is fine. Um keep in mind that, you know, if you have a channel where people are sharing your content a lot, and people are talking about your channel a lot, then in that case it might make your channel a little bit harder for people to find, you know, in that case. But if you have uh you know if it's kind of normal in terms of like, yeah, people talk about it, people share it but it's nothing like you know crazy then in that case you know that change it's not going to have any type of negative impact the only real negative impact is if you have a um, hundred thousand plus subscriber channel and you have the check mark then you have to resubmit once you change your channel name um, because they remove that mark when you change your name so somebody was in here earlier saying they had a friend with 400 and something thousand subscribers and they got theirs changed I think it was like within a day or within an hour or something like that so it can happen quick but I'm just saying that's you know just a little thing that you'll have to deal with if you um, if you have a play button Next up, if I do run into the question, if there are more specifics to it, then I will. Um, then I'll address it uh, once I hit it. Um, so Ace TV Boxing says that they do boxing and sports content. The goal of the channel is to inform about all things boxing. And the question is, how do I grow? I share my videos in several places. So this is a great question, um, and it's a great question because it's it's something that gets asked in every live stream, but it's something that we actually haven't talked about um, in this live stream in terms of specifics. So as, who here's a new content creator? Like who here's been on YouTube for, um, let's say six months or less? If that's you, just say me. But when it comes to growing a YouTube channel, um, a thing that you have to get really familiar with and that you have to understand very deeply is that everything on YouTube is based on performance. And what that means is if people respond, I I see it, Doug, thank you. Um, I will get to that. Um, I'll get to that right here in a second, thank you. Um, if you, if you, um, publish a piece of content to YouTube and people respond to it positively in terms of when YouTube shows it to people on their home pages, suggested videos, mobile feeds, search, whatever, that people click on it at a competitive rate and they enjoy that content at a competitive rate, then YouTube is going to continue showing it to people until it falls into where it's not you know, as competitive anymore. That doesn't mean you're not gonna still continue to get views on it, they're not gonna continue to show it to people, it just means that it might kind of curb off a little bit. But since everything is based on performance, that's why it's so important to make sure that you are using your analytics, your YouTube analytics um, are available to every content creator on your mobile phone and on computers. But with your um, analytics, the reason that you have those is they help you understand how the viewers of YouTube are responding to your content so you can make adjustments if necessary. So what that means is a lot of content creators think that when they publish a video to YouTube, that YouTube says, hey, we have a new video, Let's, let's promote this all over the place. That's not how it works. How the system actually works is you publish a video and the system says, Okay, this video is about this. Um, the people that have already interacted with some of this content are, you know, experiencing it like this. So then, therefore, let's test it against other people like this, or based on what the system comes up with that the video might be about based on the content itself, because the system of YouTube it actually, you know, watches or listens to the videos. You know, I mean, it's a computer, but you get what I mean. Um, so it's basically, you know, identifying all the things that you're saying and showing in your videos. Um, in addition to that, your metadata also helps in terms of the system just getting some clarity on what you know your video is about. That's why it's important to make sure that you're using your descriptions so that you know you can make sure that you are adding some of that context there. But um, but the the idea is that once you publish a piece of content that does perform well, then the system is going to identify not only that it performed well, but it's going to identify who it performed well for in terms of, let's say that um, Dr. Sam here in the chat, let's say just as an example, YouTube showed Dr. Sam your video, it showed me your video, and it showed Drew Project your video. Well, let's say that me and Dr. Sam loved your video. We subscribed to your channel. We gave it a thumbs up. We watched it all the way to the end. Maybe we clicked on one of your other videos, but let's say Drew, right? Let's throw Drew under the bus here. Let's say Drew is like, oh, I, I clicked on this, but I was out of there within the first like 15 seconds, right? Not for me. Then what's going to happen is the system is going to, at scale, right, as this happens to more and more people, then the system is going to identify, okay, these people like Nick and Dr. Sam that watch videos about this you know, type of thing on a regular basis, um, they really enjoyed this video. So because of that, we're gonna find other people in the system that also enjoy videos like this as well as other types of content that they watch as well and we're gonna present it to some of those people and test it against them and see how well they respond to it. And then if those people respond well, then they kind of rinse and repeat that process again. Drew on the other hand, He's, you know, they're like, hey, we're not even going to show it to people that are interacting with it like Drew and the other people like Drew that didn't like it because those people aren't responding to it. So instead, we're going to show Drew and all of his buddies. We're going to show them the content that they typically respond to. And we're going to show Dr. um, Dr. Sam and Nick's buddies. We're going to show all of them this video because you know they you know their crowd responded to it in a great way so that's how the whole thing works so because of that what you have to do is you have to be very intentional about what it is that you're doing on YouTube in terms of when I'm putting my thumbnails and titles together why Is this going to be um, important to the people I'm trying to reach? What type of curiosity gap, you know, depending on your content that you make, what type of curiosity gap, um, meaning when somebody sees this thumbnail and title, what makes them think like, oh, I wonder what happens here. I wonder what, you know, this is going to be about. Um, Like, you know, like, you know, creating that or being just crystal clear and informative in terms of, you know, hey, here's a picture of an iPhone. This video is about an iPhone, right? That was a thumbnail, by the way. That's what I was doing there. So when you are packaging up your content, you have to make sure that it's clear to the people that you're trying to reach what your content is about or that you are creating, you know, it's like curiosity gaps and things like that. Then once they click on your video, then you have to make sure that you're creating a good experience for them because what YouTube wants is they're showing the right content to the right people at the right time and they wanna make sure that their users are enjoying it so that they'll keep coming back to, platform, to the platform so you, YouTube can keep showing them more videos, keep showing ads and all that good stuff. Keep, you know, upgrading people into premium memberships and all that. So um, because of that, you have to make sure that you are helping YouTube get what they want, which is creating a great entire viewing experience for the people that are interacting with your content in addition to each individual video that you publish it's also a bonus if you're really good at keeping people coming back to your channel on a regular basis because when you can keep people coming back to your channel on a regular basis not only does that show that each individual video that you publish people are really enjoying that but that you're that you can be counted on essentially for the videos that you publish to get at least a certain amount of watch time when you publish or when you when you put them out so because of that it's really important to Make sure that you are thinking about okay, how my videos perform matters. How I'm putting my thumbnails and titles together, it matters. And it's going to massively impact my long term performance on YouTube. What I'm doing in my videos and how my videos are structured, and how I'm starting my videos and ending my videos and all the stuff I'm doing in the middle, all of these things are gonna have a huge impact on my success here on YouTube and the each individual's video performance. So you have to make sure you're keeping all of that in mind and you're being intentional about it and you're trying to improve the things where you are, you know, where you're falling low. So for example, your audience retention reports, which is a second by second report that you get on YouTube that shows how people are responding to your videos on average. That's why we're constantly telling people. Make sure you're checking your click through rate per all the different traffic sources. Make sure that you're looking at your audience retention reports and your in-screen click-through rates. The reason that we're telling people this stuff is because those are some very core things, very heavy-weighted things that can massively impact your video performance. So because of that, it's really important to make sure that you're paying attention to things and that you're learning how to use your analytics so that you can look for the places where you're falling short so you can patch up those holes. And then when you patch up those holes, then it helps you move forward faster and it can also, it'll also just help you you know, maintain, you know, your momentum or just maintain the channel or whatever it happens to be. So you have to make sure that you are getting familiar with that, that stuff so that you can modify things um, if need be. So really quick, Tommy T's Extreme Roller Coaster says, hey, Nick, I wanted to ask you about clips and how they work. Not sure if you discussed this already, thanks. So um, in my uh, news segment, um, I I mentioned this. So right now we have um, shorts. We also have clips. So um, Daniel Batal just sent me a thing, and I think this might've been what Dee was mentioning um, earlier to me as well, um, to where it looks like You can also sample other people's videos through clips now. So initially we had clips to where you could clip somebody's video and use that as a way to share it out. So when you would clip the video, it would essentially let you kind of share a link to that onto like Twitter or something, and then people could click into that part of the video and start their experience in that particular part. After that part was finished, then it would just let the video play. But according to what it seems like, um, the information that I got today, it seems like they're also letting people, at least you know what he has on, on, on his account, they're letting people also sample um, or clip other people's um, shorts as well. Yeah, so right here on the cut. So yeah, so there's cut and then there's clip. So clip is an option. I don't have clip yet um, on mine. So um, um, so in terms of the clips, that's essentially the um, clips in a nutshell. So clips, if they're the shared clips, then it's a link that people you know share out on social media that leads them into the longer form video. But it starts at the clip, um, and then now with the other clip feature that um, that I got shared with me right before the stream started, um, with that one, um, you actually are able to sample other people's shorts and kind of react to shorts, and, you know, things like that. So uh, let's see here. So next up, we've got, let's go back into the questions here. Where's like moving right along today? This is a, this is a good stream. I feel, I, some streams you like feel like great about them. Some streams, you you know, are kind of like, okay, yeah, this is all right. This feels like a good stream today. So um, the cuber says they upload when they have time. Um, the, the channel's about cubing. The goal of the channel is to reach a thousand subscribers. And the question is, um, Nick, get I, um, Hi, Nick, did I ask you one question? Why my views suddenly go down? Is it because of the algorithm? So it's not necessarily that it's because of the algorithm, it's because of how people are responding to your content. So when it comes to people responding to your content, that whole thing that I just went through about, you know, YouTube being about performance, if your views suddenly go down, then that means that you have kind of fallen off on the performance side, or other videos on the platform have, you know, kind of overtaken you, so to speak, in terms of them overperforming compared to your content. Um, at least for that moment in time, things, you know, it's always, you know, everything's moving in real time. But um, at that moment in time, if you're like, "Hey, I'm cruising right along," and then we just kind of dropped off or just kind of stagnated, um, then in that case, it's just because of, you know, how the video itself is performing and not performing like the algorithm of YouTube is like favoring your video. It's more about how the users of YouTube are interacting with your content. Um, next up, we've got Traderin. I think we did one from you already, but just to be clear, oh no, that was a super, tra- okay. So the type of channels trading stocks, the goal is to get audience putting value. And the question is, um, advice is to improve my channel. Okay, so we're not looking at channels. Um, so, uh, So I'm gonna skip that one. So D says that um we can even clip live streams while they're live. So you can clip this into a short on your channel or you can just clip it and share it. I know you can clip it and share it. Um, but can you clip it into a can you clip it into a short? That's pretty awesome. Um, if so. So um, one step he's sending me the message right here can clip you live now. Yes, yeah, so is it clipping into a short. That's what I'm that's what I'm trying to get to the that's what I'm trying to get to the bottom of. <laughs> so one step is our um, is our next channel here that we um, that we're talking about. They do fighting games. The goal of the channel is to turn my goals, skills and passion into a fun, lovable and profitable lovable and profitable career. Question. My dude, explanation point explanation point. What's up? Hope you're doing awesome. Says good morning, good evening. So, as a gaming channel, I have to say I just crossed 11,000 subscribers. 3 million individual viewers, and I've made $5,000 in the past two months. Next question. Wrong button. (laughs) High five and fist bump to you for your progress, for your growth, for hitting those milestones. All of those are massive. And nothing but great things on the horizon. Now I say this, not to brag, but to motivate. I see a ton of gamers in here. Okay, So, so this comment is for you guys. So all of you gamers in here, this is for you. I see a ton of gamers in here in the stream, chat all the time, in the stream slash chat all the time, and I'm here as proof that you just gotta keep going, keep learning, keep experimenting. It's doable, it's hard, but it's doable. Four years in and I'm starting to really see progress. Thanks to Nick for all his help too, But. I started four years ago doing Fortnite, Call of Duty, basically games that were just popular and I wanted easy views. After realizing they weren't my true passion and seeing fighting games were, cause I love fighting games, I know a ton about them and the competition isn't as saturated as some others might be, I made the content switch and boy was that the best decision I've ever made. A quick backstory to boost you gamers confidence out there, keep going, live by your analytics and always learn, you got this and of course, thank you Nick for teaching me those hard to swallow lessons. Awesome feedback there. Nice work to you for the um, you know for the goals that you're smashing through, and um, and thank you for the inspiring message um, to to all the gamers in here as well. So next up, we've got Eighty Six Street Project. 86 Street Projects says that they um, the type of channel is helping people um, that work in the back of house in a restaurant, and the goal of the channel is giving quality information and helping people that work in back of house in restaurants. And the question is, I'd like to know um, if it's worth experimenting with vertical-only format for long videos, not just shorts. My logic is that YouTube has changed the way that vertical long form is displayed to viewers, and now that YouTube has the edit into a short feature, it won't make the video look cropped awkwardly if I use that feature and post to my shorts thoughts. You can always experiment with it, right? You can always experiment, experiment, see how your audience responds to it, and just see how the people that YouTube shows it to respond to it. Um, you might, you know, be awesome in that regard. So I know, for example, like Billie Eilish, um, she put out—I don't know if she still does this or not—but I know some of her um, videos that were put out on on either Vivo or something like that. They came out um, in vertical format, and this is way before shorts. This is like two years ago. Um, so you know, there are channels that do that sort of thing. I don't know if they're still doing it or not over there, but um, but there are channels that do that sort of. Thing. So it's definitely something to experiment with if you think that, hey, you know this is going to help me be able to deliver you know the value, plus especially if I'm you know going after mobile only viewers. So this is one of those places where this actually might work against you. So if with your content type, if you go into your analytics and you see most almost everybody is interacting with your content, this is another place. remember how we're like, hey, use your analytics to understand things. This is another place where you can use that information. So you can actually go into your YouTube analytics and you can see the devices that people are interacting with your content on. So you can see how many people are in there on on mobile phones. If you find that almost everybody is on a mobile device, then in that case, what it is that you are considering would make more sense than if you're like, hey, most people are actually coming in on like tablets and on um, TVs and computers. If you find that that's the majority, then in that case, you wanna make content for them, right? And make it wide. So right now, um, and this is important for everybody to know, is that when it comes to YouTube, right now they are having a surge, um, so to speak, or they're just having a lot of growth um, in TV viewership. And this is part of why the question earlier about you know YouTube in ten years. This is why also I was thinking like, huh, yeah, I'm curious how that's going to go as well. But because they're having such a a big rise in TV viewership, another thing to make sure that you are considering with your content is that you know if your audience is an audience that would be watching your content on TV, make sure that your content is quality enough or ratio correct for people to be watching it on TVs, um, TVs as well. So thank you for asking that question because it kind of led me into the whole TV thing. So thank you. Um. Really quick, Learn Spanish World says, is it true that vlogging is dead in 2022? What are the best niches? So I don't think that vlogging is dead per se. I think that um it's challenging because it's hard. Like if you are not really good at writing titles and coming up conceptually with, you know, with topics and thinking of how to frame your vlog in a way that's compelling from the outside, then in that case, it's gonna be really challenging. Um, but if people respond to it, then you're still gonna you're still gonna grow. Um, the difference is if you vlog in a way to where you can kind of design your vlog around like, okay, hey, today we're gonna go do this. And we are um, today. We're going to go do this, and I'm going to package it in this way, and I'm going to make sure that I get these shots, and make sure that you know I'm being a little bit intentional of how I'm putting the vlog together instead of just kind of loosely just like following me around for the day. Um, then in that case, then you're going to give yourself a better chance. Um, Renee Ritchie just said here that Ryan Trahan would say vlogging is good if you can innovate on it. So when it comes to the innovation side, that's where that intentionality comes in, right? So when it comes to being intentional, the idea there is instead of being like, hey, I'm just going to walk around with the camera all day and then later I'm going to go home and cut it all up and then try to force a thumbnail and force a topic and force a title. Um, then in that case, then, you know, it's probably going to be a little bit more, a lot more difficult to get traction. But if you're being intentional and you're like, Hey, um, like, uh, Corin creates here says, you tell a good story throughout, you know the story that you're telling before you even start the vlog, um, you are able to think of how you're gonna package that up before you even get started, You know those types of things, you can make sure you get the right thumbnail shots and all that, um, then you're going to have a much better success rate um, taking that um, path. You're gonna be likely to, um, just because you know you are designing it in a way that you are creating that viewer experience. So for example, for anybody that watches reality TV, I don't. There's a period of time to where you know I'm sure I've watched, you know, some of those. Um, I think I used to watch uh, when those things first hit, they were on MTV before they started getting like all over the place and 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 and, and polluting everybody's mind. <laughs> uh, um they used to have those on MTV and if MTV's even still around, I'm not sure. But um but basically, um I watched them at that point in time, but even those, right? When you watch like reality TV, even though it's supposed to be reality TV, even that stuff is designed for you know entertainment purposes, right? So they design it, the the specific things that they're showing, some of the drama that's even in some of those, it's it's engineered drama as well in order to make it you know just a more interesting piece of content essentially because that's what it is. So when it comes to putting a vlog together, um, if you want it to you know do well, just being intentional there um, is the you know is the, is the thing that you want to definitely make sure that you're considering. Glue Guns and Roses, what's going on? Hope you're doing awesome, welcome to the stream. Says, um, I only watch YouTube on the TV. I just logged onto my tablet to type this message. Boom, see, there we go. <laughs> Case in point, right? <laughs> so uh, next question that we have here on the list is from George's Math Lab says that they upload when they have time they do math content the goal of the channel is my reason for uploading math content is promote is to promote mathematics to students worldwide and the question is how does my channel get an international audience the majority of my viewers are from my geographical area how do i get students from other countries to view my content so youtube will test your content against some of those people and based on how they respond to it is going to determine if YouTube is going to continue showing it to people in those regions or not. So, things that you can do to help um, is to caption, you know, your videos. Of course, you can also make translations for your metadata. Um, so, you can do this in the back end of each individual video, where you can go and you can add translations to your title. You can add translations to your captions. You can add translations to um, to your descriptions as well. So, you can set it up to give yourself the best opportunity to reach the regions that you're trying to push into. Um, let's see here. So really quick, we've Super got, tracked. uh, did you hear from Tommy Cheese roller coaster? So did you hear about YouTube getting rid of copyright, but you get 20% revenue instead of being flagged? Um, I have heard about that. Um, I actually mentioned that, uh, a few news episodes ago. Um, so yeah, I'm, 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 I'm definitely, uh, you know, familiar with the concept. I don't know, you know, like the deep, deep details of it, um, as of this moment in time, but yeah, I, I have, um, I have definitely, uh, that's definitely on the radar. So uh, next up, we've got Scratch Cards with Scotty, um, says that they do pure entertainment escapism is the goal. And the question is, how do I best use the shorts content to bridge the gap into my long form content? Make awesome shorts. That's it, make awesome shorts. Maybe some of them you want to sample some of your long form content so you have those direct links going back as well. But now because of the algorithm update to YouTube to where if people enjoy your shorts content, then they are, if they, you know, if the system detects that they enjoy it, then they are likely to get uh, recommended uh, your longer form content as well. Um, let's see here, next up we've got, uh, oh, we did scratch cards with Scotty already so next up we've got uh rocks online says they do gaming music and news the goal of the channel says i really want to get a thousand subs on my channel so i can get paid to create even bigger videos with that payment question is if i've done sub for sub before and i realized it was bad for my channel should i delete the channel or continue using the channel with dead subs let's keep moving forward just don't participate in that type of activity again it's actually against the um youtube terms of service um, to you know, participate in that type of activity um, or the guidelines. I'm sorry. So you can get a um, community guideline strike if YouTube you know sees that you're doing that. Um, you can also get your channel terminated um, as well. So um, as part of that, a lot of people will also do like sub for sub and like comments and things like that. Um, that is actually um, spam, and YouTube identifies that as spam, and that can basically mark you as a spammer. You can get your channel terminated for that as well. Hey, this is a this is an interesting um, uh, uh, framing of this really quick here for the for the long form and short form thing. So Renee says that long form is your restaurant, shorts are your food truck. Serve amazing food on the truck, and more people will want to try your restaurant. Love that. That's great. So uh, next up, we've got so um yeah so the form is in the um description glue guns and roses i'm going to be going into lightning round here in a few minutes um where we're at in the form right now um if you were to drop your question in there now it probably i probably won't get to it like we're getting kind of close but i probably um i probably won't get to it um but if you stick around for the lightning round once i go into lightning round all you got to do is put a q in front of your question and then i just go through and i just i just you know so i know that it's for me and then i i crush through as many of those as as i as i can Triathlon with Coach John says just signed up for Creator Mix. Awesome! Glad that you are um, that you are signed up over there, and I hope that you enjoy the music. We're getting a really good response from it. A lot of you know positive um, you know feedback on that in terms of like music quality and stuff like that. So so I hope that you uh, enjoy it. The uh, gaming mom says that they do gaming for parents. The goal of the channel is to help educate parents on gaming. And the question is, hey, um, hi, and thanks for all that you do, Nick. I had my channel looked at by someone, and they said that I niched down too far. My aim is to help parents learn about gaming, good and bad, and I was told that I should pick a game and just play it. It's disheartened me, and I'm worried now. Thanks. So if you're trying to educate parents on gaming, then you wouldn't be playing just one game in order to do that. Um, You don't even need to play a game, technically, in order to do that. So if you're educating parents on gaming, the goods and bads of, you know, gaming, then in that case, technically you can make a video where you're just talking to the camera, talking about studies that have been done about you know gaming and how it impacts kids and how it impacts families, how it impacts adults and all that stuff, where you technically don't even need to play a game. So because of that, if your goal of your channel and the whole theme of your channel is educating parents on gaming, then in that case, you don't even have to technically even play the game. So then for that reason, as long as I'm understanding what it is that you're doing, you definitely don't need to just niche down to one game. Because um, technically you don't even need to play games in the first place. If you're playing games, While you're sharing the information, then in that case, you know, you can play whatever games that you want where you're sharing that information, but then that's where you really got to think about the audience. If you're trying to educate parents on the goods and bads of, uh, you know, of of gaming, then you also have to think about okay, if a parent is going to be trying to learn this information, are they going to be trying to learn this information through watching somebody play games? Um, if the answer to that you believe is yes, um, based on your experience, then in that case, go in the direction that you're going. But if your answer to that was like, well, actually, I'm not sure if they would actually want to watch somebody play a game while I'm telling them about the goods and bads of gaming. Then in that case, um, you know, thinking about exactly how you're presenting the content might be the, the, the bigger picture, you know, thing to look into compared to like, you know, niching down on a very specific game. So just a heads up. Um, in this regard, like, um, a lot of people will go on places like, um, like are like on Reddit, like YouTubers on Reddit or new tubers on Reddit. And they'll get a lot of really bad advice from people that are also getting started because people getting started, they'll just like regurgitate some stuff that they hear and they won't really necessarily, um, be regurgitating stuff from, you know, reputable sources, um, or people that know what they're talking about. So you'll get, you know, some, you know, some really bad information there. Um, so if that's where you're getting your type of information, just be, just be mindful of what I just said there. Um, but but when it comes to you know this type of thing, at the very top of all of it, you have to make sure that you're thinking about the people that you're trying to reach with the content and how to create the best experience for them and resonate with them. And what I mean by that is like I was saying before, if a parent is gonna be watching the content, learning about the game, a parent may or may not care about watching somebody play Fortnite while they're while they're talking about, you know, reasons that people should or should not play games, right? So um, so so I would just consider all of that. Driver Sensei, what's up, man? Hope you're doing awesome. Welcome to the uh stream. Old Trish, hope you're doing great. Uh see here. So fit with you you with you new says that they upload every other day to do fitness tip content, go all the channels to help people grow stronger and healthier by giving them easier methods about training and diets. The question is, I'm uploading videos, but they're not getting views and I don't have any other platform to share my videos on. I'm trying my best with the title and thumbnail, posting one short daily, but I can't seem to find the missing piece. It's the content. So it's the content. Like if you are um, if you're putting out content and it's not getting any response whatsoever and technically with a short you don't even need a thumbnail, but if you are, you know, if you're if the content itself isn't getting the response, then it's going to limit the views. If you're getting zero views and you're putting out, you know, short form content meaning it's vertical content that's under 60 seconds and you're getting zero, the next thing to do is just look and see if you're getting any imp- well actually you wouldn't because you're getting zero. So yeah, so in that particular case, um, I would, like I don't know if you mean no views is in zero or like you're getting like three, like getting like three views. Because the the reason that that makes a difference is because if you're getting just like a few views and people just aren't responding, then that would cause you to not get more views. But if you're getting like zero views and zero impressions, I'm not really sure what's going on there outside of your videos like being set for unlisted (laughs) and nobody's, you know, seeing them or them still being set private instead of public. That would be the only thing that I can think of that would cause you to get zero impressions. Driver Sensei, thanks for the super sticker. I appreciate it. Uh, Next up, we've got EndoCrime. says they do coding entertainment tutorials. The goal of the channel is to build a following of young coders and eventually get monetized. The question is, hey, Nick, I'm having what's going on? Hope you're doing awesome. Says I'm having trouble getting um, people to subscribe to my channel. I say subscribe at the beginning of the video, but even after that, I don't get many subscribers. Could it be the fact that I only have four videos up or am I doing something wrong? So first off, one thing that I do recommend is that if you are just getting started making video content, please Right now, when you're first getting started, and this is for everybody that's just getting started, please do not try to invite people to subscribe at the very beginning of your videos. First, focus on creating a great experience for the viewers that are interacting with your content. What I mean by that is get your videos to where they're performing um, at, at, you know, where you're getting a decent amount of views per videos, uh, per video. That means maybe 500 views a video, a thousand views per video. This is all going to be, you know, relative to your own perspective on what a decent amount of views is. But, um, but you know, I would say 500 views a video, 500 views, or sorry, a thousand views per video before you start experimenting with that sort of thing. Because, right now in order to you know do the thing it's more important to make sure that you're serving the viewers that are interacting with the content and to ensure that they're having a good experience so right now instead of trying to you know trying to get you know every person to subscribe to the channel it's more important that you get people to enjoy the content just on how youtube works it's more important so in our minds We need these subscribers so we can get monetized we need these subscribers so we can unlock certain features on youtube we need the subscribers so we can get play buttons we need these subscribers so you know whatever but the thing that's most important is that each video that you upload that people enjoy the content so that youtube deems it as a satisfactory experience for them so they'll show it to more people that's way more important than getting somebody to subscribe to your channel in fact when you introduce those calls to action for people to subscribe at the beginning of the video even though it can be extremely effective if you do it correctly when you do that it does interrupt the viewer experience so because of that and some people get turned off by it so because of that right now i recommend that you that you focus all of your efforts on learning how to come up with good video ideas that you know that are good for the audience you're trying to reach then learning how to package those video ideas in terms of thumbnail and topic and for everybody here as long as your content type makes this possible try to make your thumbnails or at least come up with the idea for your thumbnail and your title before you make your video this is going to help you make a better experience for the viewers that you're reaching okay so try to do that first if you can Um, but focus all of your efforts on the packaging the video and the experience that people are having with the actual content itself. And you use your audience retention reports um, that is available for every single video to monitor the experience that people are having with your video on average. So focus on those things right now. And then once you start getting some momentum and you start getting regular views on your videos, that's where you start experimenting with. Okay, now this is going. I know how to make a video that people respond positively to. So now let me see if I can start tweaking things to start increasing the rate that people are subscribing. Let me start tweaking things to start increasing the rate that people are engaging with the content. Let me start tweaking things to where I can start getting people to watch more you know, videos once they get to the end of you know each individual video that they're watching and so on. But right now, just lose the whole idea of like, hey, I got to ask people to subscribe at the beginning. Just Just get that out of your mind for right now and just focus on creating an awesome piece of content for the viewers that you're trying to reach. And then, once you hit those, you know, thresholds to where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm consistently hitting these numbers now. Then when you start running those experiments, you're going to start being able to uncover what works and doesn't faster because you're going to have more people interacting with your content. Okay. So the way that you're doing it now is you're kind of working in reverse. So you're trying to get people to do the thing before you've, you know, ensured that you're making content that, you know, that people are responding to, you know, positively and, and, you know, before you've kind of mastered that part. So because of that, um, please omit that from, from your content right now, if you are going to add it in there, just do it. And if you have like a law of some kind in your video, so for example, like if you have like a, you know, like here, you're doing coding um, entertainment and tutorials, so here, let's say you're doing a tutorial and you're showing people, you know, how to code something or whatever. Let's say that they're in Figma and you're showing them how to, like, you know, um, you know how to kind of lay something out for the different designs before you start coding it or whatever. Then in that case, um, let's say you are kind of moving something around the screen trying to find something. That would be the moment where you'd say, "Oh, hey, by the way," because then it's not an interruption of the viewer experience. You'd say, "Oh, hey, by the way, I put out videos like this every Tuesday. Um, if you're enjoying this, remember to subscribe," and then just get right back into it. Um, so then that way, it's not interrupting their experience, but it's still in there. But first, I wouldn't even worry about that. I would just focus on like, okay, how can I get somebody from the beginning of this video? How can I get as many people as possible from the beginning of this video to the end of this video, right? That's what I would focus on right now. All right. So um, let's see. So what we're going to do now is we're going to hop into the lightning round. So with the lightning round, how this works is um is i'm going to just crush through questions as fast as i possibly can um so i'm going to try to you know not go as deep so to speak but i'm going to um just try to answer as many questions as i possibly can in the shortest amount of time possible so um so all of this is going to start right underneath doug houston's lightning round where he just put that what you want to do is you put a q in front of your question and when you put that q in front of your question it helps me identify that your question is for me instead of um, for uh, you know, like a side conversation that you're having in the chat or whatever. So if you have a question, um, and you just showed up late or something because of your time zone, you know, you just this is just when you're waking up. Good morning. By the way, I hope you're enjoying your coffee if you're having one, um, or I hope that you have a great day. You know, whatever your day is going to um, unfold as. But um, but for right now, if you got a question, just go ahead and drop it um, as a Q, and um, and I'm just gonna start crushing through these. So the very first one um, is from Little Crafty Nook. Can you explain the initial live analytics? So when your live stream is complete, they give you a snapshot of how P, of how your live stream performed, essentially. Um, it'll show you, you know, the watch time that you got from it, your concurrent viewers, things like that. Um, it's just a report, essentially, of of the, the stats from your live stream. So, of course, you're gonna get more details, you know, once it's processed and, you know, and all of that. But it's just a quick snapshot of, of how your live stream performed in that moment in time, just so you can just know, um, like, hey, was this a good stream? Was it a bad stream? How much revenue did I generate? How many people were in this? How long do people typically stay for those types of things? Um, Pat's tune. Whenever I do a top ten video, my analytics shows that people stop watching as soon as I mention the last item, even though I describe it for a few minutes. How do I stop the quick drop off? Um, as you get later in the video, um, this is something that um, that I use as well. So, like if I do a list video, I'll start with you know either one or ten, and I will either count down or count up. And then as I start getting towards the end, let's say around like seven or eight, I'll say next we have this, next we have this, or you can also try it, you know, with your content, you can try it at like nine and 10. So then instead of saying, okay, number nine, we blah, 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 you say next is blah, blah, blah. And then that way, instead of, you know, putting the reminder that they're on that last tip or the second to last tip, then in that case, you are just saying, this is the next thing, um, which kind of puts the responsibility on them to keep track. And then from nine, then you go to 10, you're like, okay, next we have blah, blah, blah. And then that removes the numbers from the ending part of your video, um, which then takes that from the forefront of somebody's mind and unless they're keeping track, they're gonna continue watching. Uh, Next, uh, let's see here, oh man, it just jumped on me. Okay, hold on really quick. Okay, scroll down, scroll down, lightning round, got it. Okay, so next, can your country be the reason why you're barely getting any views? Um, No, so if your language um, is, like, like let's say that you are making content for the English speaking market, But you have a really super strong accent or you're just speaking in another language. Then in that case, if an English speaking person clicks on your video and it's really hard for them to understand, they're going to leave. When that happens, YouTube detects it and then it'll stop showing it to, you know, those types of people. So, um, so that's what happens. So just as a heads up, I'm in Thailand. My primary market for my, or my primary um, audience for my YouTube channel is the United States. So that's because, you know, I speak English. Um, The channel is actually registered as a US channel, which that doesn't matter um, either. But the um, channel is registered as a US channel. Um, I speak English. English speaking people respond well, you know, to my content. So therefore, um, specifically in the US. So therefore, um, you know, they are my, you know, primary demographic. Um, the crouch ranch question started a second channel for daily vlog style content. Good idea to integrate that into the main channel. Um, if the daily vlog style content is in alignment with the value that you are giving through the other content on your channel experiment with it. But if it's two totally different, you know, like, like if the audience that is watching the original channel, if they're like the content that they're getting there isn't really related to the content that you're making on the other channel, then in that case, I wouldn't cross pollinate. But if the content is still in alignment with the value that they're getting from the other content, then I would experiment with some see how they respond to it, and then make your decision from there. This is where analytics is also important, because then you can go in you can see through your analytics okay how exactly do they respond to this compared to because there's a compare tool there's a grouping tool where you can compare groups of content against each other as well um and i have shorts showing you how to get into groups um just so you know so there's a short on my channel i think i got like three or four shorts one of them shows you how to get to this grouping feature i'm talking about but um um, but test it if it is in alignment with the um, value that you're offering the other channel sleepy vibe asmr do i have to do TikTok lives to grow a youtube audience no um wonder old man cooking says teach us how to make good short shorts is the future when your short starts um make sure that there's something interesting for people to either look at to hear or to experience in some way or all three um and then of course you know keep it going for as long as you possibly can if possible make it to where they can actually loop it and watch a little bit of it before realizing that they um before realizing that they're in a loop second keep your retention as high as possible because just like long form videos Shorts are also, you know, by performance. So if you have one that, you know, performs well, um, then it's gonna, you know, perform well for a bit. And then if you um, have a short where you put out and just people just bomb out, or they just, you know, fade, or they flip to another one shortly after they start watching it, then it's not gonna do well. Um, Let's see here, looking for those cues, looking for the cues for questions. Okay, so is it okay to post three? And this is from Stelian Sky. Says, is it okay to post three videos a week of shorts in between for new YouTubers? Um, it is absolutely. And and you know, in my opinion, you should be trying to work that muscle in terms of that skill set and develop that skill set. Um, let's see here. Okay, you got a question mark? That that's pretty much a cue. So we're going to go with that. Um, Live in Levita La Laura says, uh, "Love your channel name by the way." Says, "Hey Nick, how do I make a reaction video to the new Blackpink Venom music video without getting copyrighted? Is it that I have to talk over the video within five seconds?" I heard. So it's not that you have to talk in on the video within five seconds, but the entire piece of content has to be transformative in some way. Um, and within that, really what I recommend that you do is one, contact a copyright attorney. And I know this is like, oh, great. I don't want to do that. I don't have to spend money for this. But if you're serious about like, hey, I'm trying to grow a YouTube channel. I'm trying to like leverage, you know, these trending, you know, things that I can react to and all of that, it's in your best interest to make sure that you are educated on what's called fair use. Never take someone's advice about that on just some like website somewhere. So for example, like if you see on like Reddit or Facebook, somebody's like, oh, hey, just within the first five seconds, blah, blah, blah like don't even listen to that contact a copyright attorney um, or research yourself and uncover official information um, about copyright and make sure that you are thinking to yourself okay I understand this enough to where I'm willing to take the risk right because that's that's where you have to get it to in terms of your understanding to make sure that when you're making that type of content you don't you know get yourself in trouble so to speak Because when it comes to copyright, not only can your video get copyrighted, but in some cases, if they wanted to, they can actually come after you for using their material as well. So next up, um, Supreme Raleigh says, content quality over volume, last tip was good. So when it comes to content, um, basically quality, uh, quantity over quality, um, the answer is yes. So you have to get your content to a competitive level. Um, Just uploading content by itself isn't gonna do the thing, right? So if you upload just a bunch of garbage, then that by itself, you know, people aren't gonna respond to it and it's not gonna do any good. But if you learn how to get your content to a competitive level, and then once it's, it's at a competitive level and you prove that it is by, you know, increasing view counts and, you know, having, you know, a, a view count that you're satisfied with, then in that particular case, that's where you can ramp up the quantity if you want to. Next is we got Baron Drop says, "What's the best way to find video ideas that will get views?" Um, so a great way is to go to YouTube search bar and just start typing in um, thing, things around the type of content that you make and look for things that people are actually looking for there because it shows you these are how people are looking to find the content that you make. And you don't necessarily have to go for YouTube search for that, but you just use that to get a pulse on what people are actually into around your type of content. There's another tool, they actually sponsor this stream called TubeBuddy. They have something called a keyword explorer which actually gives you a score based on you know the search volume in terms of how much people are looking for it based on the content that you have on your channel and all of that. Um, there's also um, a tool called TubeSpan banner that just has like a whole, like endless list of video ideas as well. You go in there and you put the category of your content. And then when you put that category of your content in there, um, you can just go through pages and pages and pages of video ideas um, based around, you know, typical video ideas for that type of content. Um, you, I've linked to both of those down in the description. Um word says, is promotion in your comments, spam, or is it legit? Promotion. I think that, I think you mean promotion there. So when it comes to promotion in your comments, if you mean trying to get other people from other people's videos to come and watch your channel, then in that case, yeah, that can be seen as spam. Um, if you are just interacting in somebody's comments because you like their content, then then you're perfectly fine. Um, let's see here, next up, we've got looking for those cues. Okay, crazykid949 says, how can a person on a tight budget level up their videos like editing software premium packages and growth channel help utilities premium packages? So if you are on a budget, then of course, in that case, you would need to use free or lower cost software until you can, and this is the same way with anything. Like if you are starting a business and YouTube, if you like it or not, is a a business, right? So because you're getting revenue from it once you're in the partner program, so it's a business. So just like any other business, what you wanna do is you wanna do whatever it is that you can with what it is that you have um, in order to get the business functioning to a point to where it's generating some type of income so that you can reinvest that income into the business. Business. So what you do is you do what you can with what you have access to, which currently is low-priced video editing software and free video editing software and or apps. Um, and you use those to get you to the point to where you get into the partner program to where you can start getting ads um, for your videos. Or you use affiliate marketing or whatever so that you can start getting some money from what you're doing. And then you save that money so that you can reinvest in um, higher, you know, higher quality stuff. But just a heads up just because something has a subscription attached to it or just because it's expensive doesn't mean that it's even necessarily what you need. So for example, for a lot of content creators, they can get by on DaVinci Resolve. They can get by on you know using software, just using like an app in their phone, and it's perfectly fine. Um, for other types of content, they need Adobe Premiere. They need Camtasia. They need Vegas or just film more, you know, like whatever. They just need stuff that that has more features in it so that they can do, so that they can make their content in the way that they envision their content to be. Right. So it just really comes down to how it is that you're putting your content together, but you might not ever need to budget up um, in terms of, you know, getting premium software packages and stuff. But in terms of, you know, also getting like, you know, if you decide to go into courses and things like that, same exact thing, get yourself to the point to where you're generating some type of income, save that money for however long you need to, and for it to stack up to, you know, to be able to afford the things that you are, that you are um, going to be reinvesting in to kind of help uh, move things forward for you. Uh, let's see here. So next up on our list, and it just jumped on me again. Let's see here. queue for questions. Um, let's see here. Okay. So I got the like, like, like queue for questions. Um, let's see here. I'm trying to find, trying to find this. Give me a moment here. Uh, let's see. Okay. Content quality. Okay. There we are. Okay. Best way to find video ideas. We got that one. we got crazy kid. Okay. Here we go. So, uh, oh my gosh, I did it again. Okay. So luckily I didn't go too far and I caught at that time. So, person type budget got that. Oh no, you froze. Okay, I experimented with a new. Um, this is from Glue Guns and Roses. Says I experimented with a new channel style that is very basic. The CTR is extremely higher, but watch times are lower in those videos. Should I stick to my old style? Um, what about overall performance? Like, um, like for for the content on your channel, because you know you're you're verified. You know you've got a you know uh, an established channel. So for what it is that you're trying to accomplish with the channel um are those videos helping move you in that direction um in terms of you know the subscribers that they gain those types of things, subscribers they gain, the ad revenue that they generate, um, the affiliate sales they generate, your personal product sales that they generate, those types of things. Um, if it's moving you in that direction, as long as it's you know getting you a positive result on what it is that you're trying to accomplish, it's perfectly fine. If you know people are responding more at the click and then they're not responding as much at the watch. However, knowing that information, you can start modifying things in future videos to try to get them to watch longer. But for now, when it comes to the style that you're choosing to use, when you are um experimenting with the um the 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 you know when you're experimenting with your thumbnails um if it's helping you get more you know results on what it is you're actually trying to achieve then really that's the that's the end goal you know a lot of content creators it's funny a lot of content creators always think that it's like, hey, it's always about, you know, how many views or subscribers that I can generate. Um, but that's not always the case. You know, a lot of content creators, you know, everybody has different goals. Like me, um, you know, for example, uh, like, you know, I don't need a lot of views in order to, you know, to do really well um, with YouTube. So it's like, you know, it's fine, you know, with me, it, like if, my, if, if, if I get like 10,000 views on a video plus, um, of course, you know, I want more. But if I do like 10,000 views on a video, that's like more than enough, way more than enough than what I actually need for the for the content. Um but uh see so here, Fredboard Diary says my bids um, blow up on TikTok, but not YouTube. Feels like the same audience. Any idea why? Um, I don't know why. I know that um, YouTube, with their algorithm, they try to predict what people are likely to watch. You, TikTok has their own algorithm. So TikTok's algorithm might just put you into, in front of more people. But you know, one thing to keep in mind is I, when you talk about YouTube, I don't know if you mean YouTube Shorts or the long form. Um, if you're talking about long form, then the difference in that case would be on TikTok, people essentially, just like in YouTube Shorts, they just swipe up. So they don't have to make a choice to click on the content. Whereas when it comes to longer form content on YouTube, where people have to click on it from homepages suggested videos search subscription feed and all that when people have to make the choice to click that's going to be you know a huge barrier for a lot of content creators that's why a lot of people now are getting started in youtube shorts or they're getting started on tiktok so that they can learn how to make good videos through those and then while they're doing those, they're practicing with their long form content and learning how to get people to click um, because with those content, you can get views, which makes you feel great keeps the motivation up keeps you encouraged to keep making the content, but they, they, uh, you know, a lot of people still are, are faced with that challenge of trying to get people to actually click. Um, let's see here. Love the countdowns do better. Um, let's see here. Um, so where do I find a full list of high CPM niches? Um, this is from my C prints. So what you can do is you can go into the Google Keyword Planner um, in, a, in a ad account, a Google ads account, and you can go in there and you can start looking around for things that have higher CPMs. You can Google around um, for other people that have already done this homework, um, and they can give you a list. You know, you'll know, you find blogs and stuff that will have lists of higher performing um, or higher CPM um, pieces of content. Um, in addition to that, you can also use paid services like um, SEM Rush or Ahrefs, for example, to where you go in there and they also show you, um, in addition to a bunch of SEO stuff, they also show you um, um, uh, CPMs based around, you know, content types and stuff. Um, Driver Sensei, oops, sorry, I missed one. Uh, Charlie Morris TV says, how do I come up with designs for my merch and what app should I use? For the specific app, I'm not sure. I know if you're in like an iPhone, um, then in that case, they have like Pixelmator and things like that where you can make your own designs. Um, you can also go to places like placeit.net. Um, they have templates that you can use. Canva has templates that you can use. You can also hire people off of fiverr.com for like five bucks to make you a merch design. And then from there, once you have your design, then you can go to spreadshop.com. When you go to spreadshop.com, you can upload your design there for free. And then um, when somebody orders your merch, then they print it and then they send it out to them. And you don't have to pay for any of that. Um, You'll have to, you know, either create or pay for your design, um, you know, to actually upload that, not to upload it, but to have it made. But then once it's made, you can upload it to, you know, Spreadshop, and you can just have, you know, have it there. And then anytime somebody buys your merch there, then you'll make a, a commission essentially. Um, I am using the older mic, Brad. Uh, reason I'm using the older mic is because I'm having this like breath problem. So I need to tweak the settings. I just haven't had time this week to um, go in there and mess with it. But um, but I need to tweak the settings on the other mic to figure out why it's, um, why it's, why it's my noise gate um, in here. It's just not set properly for that other mic. And um, I just haven't had the time to get it worked out so it was faster to do this. Funny quick story for you. So before I started this, so I kind of hacked this mic stand together because all of them are, are high, all the desk ones are. So it puts the mic way up here like the one I used last week. So I like them low. Like this, so that I can um, you know, just so it's not as intrusive in the in the in the scene, so to speak. So with this one, because I hacked it together, um, um, I've had this problem lately where it's been just kind of like falling apart. So so what I did is I had to, I I was getting ready to stream. I was like four minutes until the stream started today. And um and I I just kind of tapped the mic and it just fell over. And I was like, oh no, it's falling apart again. So I had to um run over there, I grabbed that one, I put that one together, and then while I had the other stand that was it was like this high with the, you know, with the stem that this one has on it too. The whole thing was like this high. So I had to grab this one and I was trying to put this one together while I'm sitting there watching the clock, knowing that we're getting ready to go live. So I'm putting this one together again um, and getting everything, you know, nice, tight and secure. And then I was able to get this in here and ready to go and everything adjusted for it um, within, you know, like seconds before uh, before going live. So uh, let's see here. So ADHD life now says, when doubling down on content um, that is doing well, Do you use a similar thumbnail design to the previous video? No, Um, it's about the topic in that regard. So the thumbnail is like, how do I represent this video? How to help people identify it? How do I, you know, um, compel people through this thumbnail or help people identify that this content is something that they care about through this thumbnail. And then the title um, is the thing that um, will separate it. So you wanna avoid, you know, templates, you know things like that uh, when you can check. Um, Let's see here next, uh, make sure you put a cue. So Brandon uh, Bautista says, does changing a title and thumbnail on a decent performing video boost it further or risk hurting the views it's currently getting? So Brandon, the answer to this one is, what you gotta think about here is the people that are using YouTube. So don't think of it from the view of, when I change a thumbnail, does it mess with me and the algorithm? Um, Everything is based on the response of the humans that are interacting with YouTube. So what that means is, if you make a change to your thumbnail and or your title, then if people respond better to it in terms of they click on it more, then in that case, it's going to help you. But if people click on it less, then it's going to work against you. So because of that, you can see in your real time stats, you know, you can go in there and you can look at your click through rate, you can see the changes that you're making and the impact that they're having. Um, you can see that, you know, as kind of like an averaged out view, but keep in mind, you know, you still wanna look in the traffic sources to see, you know, how your thumbnails and titles are performing in each individual traffic source to make sure you're not changing something where it's really doing awesome but it looks like it's low so um so because of that you can also do something and TubeBuddy has this feature available I got a link to them in the description um but they have the option where you can a b test thumbnails so if you are in a situation where you're like "eh, I'm not gonna like monitor it for all the different traffic sources and sort my date range um uh, you know every single day to kind of narrow down how this is performing and from how each different traffic source and track all that TubeBuddy does it the easy way to where they you just load in um, your original thumbnail. Um, It actually comes with, you know, like when you say, I want to do the test, you just select the video, and then you upload a variant thumbnail, and then it swaps them back and forth every day, and then it gives you a report letting you know which ones perform better, which ones typically generate more watch time, which ones typically perform better, and which traffic sources. So this one performs better in browse features, this one performs better in suggested videos, this one performs better in search, and so on. So, um, so you know you can try that, or you can just monitor it yourself through uh, your real time uh, data. All right. So, um, so that brings us to a close today. I want to let you know that if you are a you know content creator, if you are somebody that's just getting started with all of this stuff. Um, you know, this whole thing, you know, it sounds like there's a lot of stuff to do and there is, and there's a lot of, you know, skills that you got to learn and all that. But I do want to just let you know that, you know, it, it is a process just like anything else that you do, just like learning how to play an instrument or playing a sport or learning any type of language or new skill or anything like that. Um, so because of that, you know, if you are at the very beginning part of this and, you know, there's anything that we talked about today that was like, like, oh my gosh, you know, this sounds complicated or it sounds like there's a lot to do or whatever there is. And it is hard. So, you know, if you're willing to see it through then and learn the skills needed and things like that, you'll be fine. So, what I encourage you to do is if there was any information that was shared today that either didn't make sense or you're like, hey, I wonder if that applies to what it is that I'm doing or I wonder if I'm doing that or, you know, or if that thing that he said about thumbnails, like, is it clear that, you know, that what my video is about and who this video is for and things like that with my titles and thumbnails? I encourage you to just go look at your channel, write down you know, some of the questions that you might have had in terms of some of the things that I said, and, you know, hop on Google, hop on YouTube, watch some videos and, um, and try to uncover it because when it comes to all this stuff, the more informed that you are, then the, the, the better you can, you know, progress forward because you understand the platform that you're operating on. Right. So because of that, I just encourage you to, you know, to further explore any ideas, um, that you've, uh, you know, that you've heard today. And in addition to that, if there is anything like i said before that you know that you didn't understand like um you know write that stuff down and if there's anything where you're like hey i want to try to like apply some of this stuff to my channel write some of those things down too and instead of trying to do everything at once just try to say like okay i'm gonna really try to understand this thing right? Like maybe we're talking about thumbnails today. So I'm going to work this week really hard on, on, on thumbnails. I'm going to go and I'm going to look all over YouTube. I'm going to study every thumbnail that hops up on the thumb uh, on, on my, um, on my homepage or on my mobile feed. I'm going to look at all the different thumbnails. I'm going to start thinking like, why does this thumbnail stand out for me compared to this other thumbnail? Why do I think that is? And just like really spend a lot of time just analyzing other things that you're seeing on YouTube so that you can get a better understanding of what works, what doesn't work and, and, and how you can apply, you know, all of this stuff to your channel. So, um, I'll see you here next week at 9 a.m. Eastern. Everybody have an awesome rest of your week. For anybody that's joined as a member, uh, make sure you go to uh, niminvip.com. It's going to redirect you to the Facebook group like um, Astude Mathematica here. Welcome to the Nimanati. If you can go ahead and do that now, then then I will get you in the Facebook group um, as soon as the stream is over here in a few minutes. Besides that, everybody have a fantastic rest of your weekend, and um, I will see you next week.